Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. Thursday, 12th of January. So is this the day the snow comes down? According to the Met Office, they've issued weather warnings for London. They said there's a high risk of snow. And uh, now they say the temperature's plummeting. Well, I thought, I mean, heavens above, get your snowplow out, granny. You'll never make it down to the Tesco superstore at the end of your road because apparently we're going to be deluged in the stuff. I'm hoping secretly that we're not, but I'm erring. I'm edging a little bit because I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. Uh, Paul Smith, is having told us yesterday the newspapers were rubbish about it, now he's prepared to go up to the airport when he finishes to start reporting on the first flurries coming in because this, they say it will feel a lot colder on Thursday morning. Well... I'm here to tell you that I was out there this morning. It wasn't that cold. Not that cold. They say after midday, the snow could fall when a band of rain coming across the channel hits the cold air. And so then you will get the snow. But then and only then. And it's coming from Canada. Whoopee! We get all the good stuff, don't we, in Canada? Meghan Markle. Snow. Meghan Markle's eyes. Snow. And uh, <laughs> there's a survey in the paper today that says the reason that uh, Prince Harry was drawn to Meghan Markle is because apparently she's got the best eyes in the entire world. Unlucky, isn't it, really, that? Just when you thought you stood a good chance of, uh, of picking him up. It's only Meghan Markle who's got the best eyes. It's by one of these surveys which they do for these people. Warren reckons, he says, um, he says I'm, I'm driving to the Lake District tomorrow. He says, and I'm still going, so snow or no snow. <laughs> he says, it's a load of old rubbish. They always predict all this. Then you get the few flurries and everybody says, what was all the fuss about? Um, well, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. But they've said that, I mean, the Met Office have issued this this morning. So they've got to be, they've got to be seeing something, haven't they? Getting colder in Blackpool, says Dean. Snow for us due tomorrow. You see, I think today, if we're going to have any, it'll be lunchtime. It'll be a few flurries, but I've, I've seen this before. I, don't, I mean, I'm not a prophet of doom, but I have seen this before where I was standing outside Paul Cooper's shop and I think it might have been in November or December or something. Anyway, whatever it was, we sort of watched a few flurries and then the, the, the flakes got thicker and thicker. And next thing, we're drenched in the stuff. I mean, absolutely drenched. I took photos because it was so impressive because we all love seeing it, don't we? And then the roads get all messy. And then because the temperature moves up a little bit, then it starts melting and then the drains can't cope. And then you get flooding and then you get burst pipes. And uh, then it turns into an absolute disaster. So that's the way it's going. That's the way it's going. So the latest thing on it. Oh, God, here we go. Here we go again. I could just tell you. I could just tell you that we're going to be going. Oh, there's going to be snow on the way. Don't tell me that we've seen a flurry of snow in Leicester Square. No, not yet. No, not yet. But it is snowing in parts of northern England. Oh, it's not. And Scotland is. Where is it snowing? In parts of the north. Yeah, yeah. Where? Where? What parts? <laughs> You're just making it up to justify I'm not it. making it up. I'm not You at said all. the other day, you sat if in you... the studio and you and I said all the stories on the bed, you went, the rubbish, rubbish. Yes, because they were saying football matches will be cancelled, rugby matches will be cancelled. It's not going to be that bad. Well, what's it going to be then? Up over higher ground, like I said yesterday, the hills and the mountains, yeah, we'll see snow 20 centimetres possibly, <coughs> lower levels, yeah. 1 to 5 centimetres. London, the snow might not even settle. So, we, so we've got nothing to worry about? Well, it, it it's depends. coming from Canada, I know that. <laughs> There's not much that the, we get the from snow, Canada. Be, remember I said to you yesterday how there was a weather front coming up across the English Channel, yes. bumping into the cold air? Yes. Yes. 
So, that's what it is. so, so the rain will be coming so across. So the rain, basically, the cold air is coming from the north. Yeah. So the winds blowing, Arctic winds blowing down across the UK. The cold air coming in through the. <sighs> so I'm just doing the impression for you, so you know what it's like. So ba- basic, basically, the, the the rain is moving up through the English Channel. It's quite heavy rain, yeah. um, so it'll arrive later this morning. So when that hits the cold so air, so when that hits the cold air, it'll turn. To it snow. starts to turn to snow. So today, this afternoon. Rain, heavy at times in London, later this afternoon, early evening, so rush hour, right. four or five o'clock, is when the rain will start to turn to you snow. See, I've, I've seen that before. I've been sitting in traffic jams in London before, and all of a sudden the snow's coming down, and you put your windscreen wipers on, you know, shh, shh, yeah. shh, shh. Like but, I mean, Heathrow um, have already cancelled some have they? flights uh, as a precaution. Um, Do you think Southern will cancel people... trains in anticipation of snow? Give them some reason, won't it, to cancel trains properly? <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, they tweeted yesterday, Heathrow, <laughs> saying that people should check with their airline before they travel as well. Well, I so, say that to everybody. Listen, go online, check and see what, what's actually flying and what's not flying. Because yeah. you might find that you get up there and they've cancelled your flight and you go, well, we never knew. We've but I mean, it, it's still too early. It, it changed so quickly yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, it's changing hour by hour really and yeah. um, the latest guidance from the Met Office is that London will still see snow 30% chance of seeing snow uh, but that could change come 5 o'clock this morning you know, it's the typical next isn't it I know what's going to happen it's going to start snowing mid-afternoon just as I'm going to bed it's not you don't think it's going to snow <laughs> no, then no this, it, when will it snow it's then gonna, it is going to rain in London today is quite heavy rain? rain for a time as well uh, but as I said the, the rain will start to turn to snow late afternoon right. early evening so 4, 5 o'clock uh, 6, 7 and then when that clears yeah. um, I, I mean when the snow does start to fall there will be quite big flakes so it will cool the ground quicker as well so it right. could settle um, but mostly up over the higher ground um, but when it does clear the biggest issue will be the ice because it will freeze over almost instantly right. so people if you're not caught out with the snow you'll be caught out with the the ice. Yeah, well, I've said that to people before. Be careful because black ice is uh, is a nightmare. Yeah. You just don't see it under a thin covering of snow. It freezes on the ground, and then it becomes like a skid patch out there. But I mean, parts, as I said, of Northern England and Scotland are already experiencing some quite heavy snow. I know somebody's just said here. They have been. I'm in the Scottish Highlands. I'm not sure if they're in the Trossachs or not, <laughs> <laughs> or they're just musing on it. It says we we deaf have snow, yeah. and it looks lovely. Yeah, it's uh, it's been snowing uh, in Scotland since yesterday afternoon to be honest um and but the the most heaviest and most significant snow over scotland and across the uk is today um but parts of the a9 um you know in scotland are badly affected a9 up sweet the a9 but the wind as well is also a big problem well um it's causing blizzard conditions so um, visibility will be reduced as well. So, and... unless you have to go out driving in in the Trossachs or the Cairngorms, don't bother going. Because but I think I think the, the thing to stress is, you know, London can't cope with snow. We know that nobody can cope. When it snows, the transport network goes down. I know. So I think the anticipation and the ramping up of this is is just to make people aware. There, yeah. it could snow during rush hour. Is it okay driving up to the Yorkshire Dales, says Warren? Well, he says, and if so, what time should I leave? No. The, the thing is, the snow is affecting west and east coast. So it's blowing down the west and east coast, the snow showers. Right. East will be later on, mostly later on uh, today, uh, overnight, and Friday. Um, but Yorkshire Dales, they always get battered by snow. <laughs>
while you're going there, Warren, I've got no idea. Go to the Torsics. No good tramping around over the Yorkshire Dales. <laughs> you won't find anybody from Emmerdale up there, OK? I think he's doing a visit to Emmerdale or something. Oh. Well, I don't know. I'm just guessing exactly. that. He could be doing anything. Who knows? But uh, so, so, that's what, so you're going to go to Heathrow, are you? Well, we're going to assess the situation, see what happens. Um, You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you? You really are. You're determined to see some snow down But, I mean, even if the snow doesn't settle, I mean, flights could still be disrupted with the visibility of the snow. You know, if you get really heavy snow, then flights (laughs) won't be able to navigate. But, actually, it's stupid. I went with my my godchildren some time ago um, to see Father Christmas, and we landed in a place called Kittala, mm-hmm. which is inside the Arctic Circle. They are knee-deep in snow for six months of the year, and their planes managed to take off and land. Because they're built for it. They sprayed them with, with the ice. We were sitting in the plane, and there's this man who comes up to the window and waves at me, and I thought, you know, now you do it. <laughs> and, and he's got this huge hose, and he sprays the entire plane with antifreeze. And they do that here. Well, why can't we take off then in Kittle? Everything grinds to because a halt. Because we're not used. To, we're not used to it. Well, we better get used to it because, frankly, it's a bit embarrassing. We're not used to it. Yeah. I mean, some places can cope more than others, but yeah. you know, I, I think the issue is in London, central London, because it's so busy with traffic, traffic and so yeah. many commuters. That's that's why. It, I do like it. I have to be honest. I, you know, my ultimate fantasy is to look out the window and watch the snow coming down and covering the... Tr- I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. I'm re- I can get quite emotional thinking about that and seeing it. But I realise for people out driving in it, it's a blooming nuisance. It's difficult. You've got to be... If you're driving... There was a lorry blown... Oh, sorry, my phone vibrated. Over. And a... Uh, <laughs> quite liked it. And, um, and it blew over on the fourth bridge. Yesterday, yeah. It, it was closed um, until around 10 o'clock last night. Yeah. Yeah. It's all back normal, isn't it? But if you're going across bridges, which are open, and the wind's going across... There was wind warnings issuing uh, to lorry drivers and double-decker buses not to go across it, but also this driver ignored the advice and decided to drive across it. Anyway, I'm going back to work, um, and I'm not in tomorrow, so you can pick up the PCs if it doesn't snow. Oh, that's right. Now it's my fault. Have you noticed that? Like, that quick sort of that sort of backtracking on it, which is a case of, well, of course, if it doesn't snow, it'll be your fault. Thank you very much indeed. You're like the top today. Very nice. Suits you that colour. You, you're lucky you can wear that. Not many other people could. It's lovely. Love it. <laughs> Can't hear a word now. Uh, that was Paul Smith. So he's, he's going to go to Heathrow and have a check afterwards. If it changes... This morning, I appreciate the fact it's it's snowing in Scotland and I'm in the Yorkshire Dales. It's going to be a bit naff and all the rest of it. But we'll wait and see what happens here, I think. Uh, but Andy says the forecast must be wrong. The teachers haven't closed the schools yet. No, but they never close the schools until they've actually seen whether it's going to happen. Have you noticed that? They don't, they don't do it in anticipation, just in case they're wrong. And all the kids are going, yeah, I don't have to go to school today. I think, you know, they should all get, excuse me. Love a good slurp in the morning. Love a good slurp. And uh, Sarah says, I've just woken up from the worst nightmare I've had in years. And thank goodness the body clock wakes me for your show. And you brought me out of it, smiling again at Snow Chat. It's what we like, isn't it? I like a bit of Snow Chat. For those people who've never seen it before, you'll love it. It's ever so pretty. You just don't want to drive in it. Jeff the cabbie says 11.5 degrees at Heathrow at the moment. Thank you very much indeed. Keep me informed on that, actually, because, I, you know, if we do get little flurries in London, and I'm not, I'm going to have to check it out on my cameras as well. You know, I'm just not going to take somebody's word for it, because otherwise people will say, oh, in Twickenham we've got six inches. You know, which, of course, is a lie, because we've never had six inches in Twickenham as long as I've lived there. But uh, there is a chance that you could, it could come down fairly, fairly quickly. On the other hand, it might not come down at all. But either way, you'll hear it first on LBC, where we also have the, uh, the story this morning of the woman 
who was trying to find her gloves in the glove compartment. Well, she wasn't. She was having sex in the car and it was in a public place, so she got uh, she got fined. Um, Panto is a pain for Kerry Katona. Just think how the audience feel, darling. Uh, apparent Meghan Markle has got the world's most alluring eyes, which is the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever read in a newspaper. And, um, and <laughs> Warren says, um, he says, did you know, Steve, the... Um, the plane with the antifreeze takes a lot of antifreeze to remove the snow. In, um, in, um, sorry, Kittler, which is where we went to, it's a tiny airport. I mean, it really is hilarious. The actual customs thing you go through is, is one of those cheap wooden swing doors that you'd buy in your kitchen when, when sort of like pub doors were fashionable. And they've got it there. And there is no moving conveyor belt. They just dump the bags on the ground. It's a very small little airport, but lovely. But knee deep in snow. Knee deep in snow for most of the year, and then and the planes land. All right, so they all they all skid around a little bit. I remember landing in Liverpool one year, and we did. And I thought, oh god, it's going to be like a scene from airport where the plane goes careering in. But they're used to doing it. They used to. Apparently, it's about five grand a plane to spray them with antifreeze, which is uh, it's a lot of money. But and I love it. Flying over this country when there's snow on the ground is one of the prettiest things I think I've ever seen, apart from when I look in the mirror. <laughs> um, Ian says, Southern Jessies, you tell them, Paul. We're not Southern Jessies, that's the trouble, we're hardy little things. I mean, you know, we, we talk about snow in Scotland. Nobody lives in Scotland, hello? Have you been to the Trossachs and the Cairngorm? There's nobody up there. Come down to London, this is busy, 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 because it's the capital. Oh, so, so was I listening, talk? Darren was talking to somebody earlier on who was talking about, you know, people saying, oh, London's the place where it happens. No, it isn't, it's the rest of the country thing. No, that's why we're the capital. You know, there's other parts of the country that are beautiful. But uh, London is, um, is is by far and away the best place. I'm sure there are nicer places, but to be honest with you, you know, if you're tired of London, as they say, you're really tired of life. It's uh, ish quarter past. I say ish because, I mean, we don't really care too much for time checks. If you can't be bothered to read, read the time. I'm not here to do it for you. It's not some social service. This is Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is the programme that gets the audience in the morning. Love you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. So snow, no snow, snow, no snow. Actually, if you, if you watch the film White Christmas, that's all based on uh, on snow. And the snow resort that they have has got no snow. And uh, so they start doing this thing. They've got brilliant sunshine. And then magically, halfway through the show that they're putting on, uh, it starts snowing. Start snowing. And it was lovely. Do you know what I watched yesterday? I told you that it was, uh, I was <laughs> fascinated by it. Um, it's the film A Star Is Born. There's been about five versions, I think, of A Star Is Born. Uh, but I watched the one with Judy Garland in. And it's the story of an actor. Um, they were all, it was always the same story. I also saw it with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. But I do like Judy Garland's best. And with James Mason who plays an actor, very big actor, and then he starts going off the boil and he starts drinking. She is the rising star. She is the, she is, you know, the one that everybody wants. They all love Vicky Lester. She sings, she dances, she's beautiful, she's this, she's that. And so she ends up supporting him uh, through his alcoholism. And I kept thinking all the way through it. And they said, listen, we're going to have to release you from your contract. And so he sits at home doing nothing. And then he gets drunk. He, he, he dries out. And it's, it's, it's the Gaza story all over again. And George Best and anybody else who goes through that where he's addicted and they, they give him a drink in a, in a bar. And he then gets completely sozzled because he just goes from one drink to another because they don't know when to stop because it's an addiction. And in this particular film, he comes on and embarrasses her. In, are you going? 
OK. And um, and so he embarrasses her, embarrasses her. And in the end, they uh, they don't really know what to do with him. They sort of help him to write. Anyway, he then decides that he has um, he's holding her career back because they're concentrating more on his alcoholism than on her career. And she is by far the most talented person there. And so he takes his own life. And she, of course, who's desperately in love with him, desperately in love with him, and so so wants it to work, and she tries. She can't, she can't get over it. And they have a big, I think it's like an Oscar ceremony thing, and they invite her to go, and she says no. And so the assistant head of the studio goes round and says, get yourself, why, why are you not ready? She says, I'm not going. And he goes, you are going. Get yourself ready. And so she goes, I'm... And she starts screaming at him and everything else. And he says, listen, he said, a fine... A fine example you are to uh, to Norman, because you know he he adored you, and here you are letting him down, and uh, and she says I don't care, I don't care, and then eventually it sinks in that by sitting at home she's not helping anybody, but by getting up there and going out and doing this thing, uh, then she can she can start living her life again because it's so difficult if you've been with somebody. There will be people listening this morning who have probably lived with a, an alcoholic partner who maybe died, and you can do everything you can, and they don't seem to want any help. That's, that's the big problem with it. And so eventually he, he convinces her, and she says, wait, wait for me. And she gets herself ready. And they're doing this big show, and the guy says, well, you know, we, at this moment we would have had Vicky Lester. And uh, she, uh, unfortunately, due to circumstances you're all aware of, she will not be appearing. And a guy comes on stage and says to him, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, Vicky Lester will appear tonight. And uh, the curtains part and there she is. And um, she sort of comes forward. She's obviously due, due to sing. And he says, before you sing for us, he says, have you got a word for all of your fans? And she goes, yes, I have. And she goes, hello, everybody. This is Mrs. Norman Maine. And it's at that moment that everybody bursts into tears. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and the film is fantastic. And it finishes there. It finishes there, but it's a super film, and it suddenly you suddenly realise when we had the death of Debbie Reynolds the other day, and there is a super documentary, Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher, which I think you can get free on Amazon, and it's it really shows you they lived next door to each other because Debbie Reynolds at one time had a big mansion, but she had a husband who was an alcoholic, who basically up up the wall, so she lost everything, and uh, she lived I think on a compound with her daughter next door to her, and her daughter would make something to eat and then go into Debbie's house and they'd sit on a step in the sitting room eating together, mother and daughter. So that's why, when you looked at Judy Garland and the tragic life that Judy had, the addiction to drugs, uh, the fact she needed drugs to keep her up, drugs to take her down, it, it's, it's a catalogue. It goes through life, doesn't it? You know, exactly the same for Elvis Presley. He had the same... Problem with sort of drugs, you know, you want to stay awake, you want to keep awake, you've got to keep the people around you. And so he had ex exactly the same problem. And Judy Garland had been married a few times and she died in London. Uh, her last husband was gay, I think. She married this, uh, this gay guy. Uh, she didn't own her own name. That was owned by the studio. I think she turned up, I think it was to the National Theatre or National Film Theatre or whatever it was. And they didn't know who she was. Because people don't. When we were saying the other day, do you remember we had Peter Sarsted who died with that song, Where'd You Go To My Lovely? Two of my producers had no idea who he was and had never heard the song before. And I thought, that's so telling, isn't it, that people I knew and that people I grew up with 
people nowadays, they weren't around. It was it was years before they they sort of came on the scene. So I, I do tend to forget that. I remember saying to a friend of mine once, oh, Diana Ross and the Supremes. And this person went, Diana Ross and the who? I said, the Supremes. I said, who were they? I said, that was the group she sang with. You know, <laughs> And yet nobody had heard of Peter Salstead. Well, I'd heard of you, Peter. I'd heard of you. Uh, Steve, it's because of the cold weather. They're all miserable in Scotland. <laughs> Jackie in Ascot says it can snow as much as it likes later today as I went out yesterday for supplies. Prosecco and chocolate. Woo-wee! Well, you've got the, the right idea. Soup. Soup today. It's like batting down the hatches, isn't it? Oh, dear. Uh, Ollie, oh, Ollie Sly started again. What is this with him? He's turning into my stalker. Actually, if you can get your computer working today, good luck. Because I couldn't make it work, Ollie, at all. He says it's high time we made Sheffield the capital. <laughs> Actually, I did go to Sheffield once. <sighs> Had a bit, bit of an incident. We stayed at, at a hotel. It was quite nice, Hedge. We sort of drew up the motorway and then we sort of turned into passports, handing over and everything else. So we get, we get into Sheffield. We stay at this place. And I was with, um, I was with Dale Winton. At the time, I forget, why did we go up there? Oh, that's right, because every so often we would go up to a different place. So we went to Glasgow, we went to Sheffield on one occasion. And we stay in this hotel. And it was it was an OK sort of hotel. We were just there as using it as a base. I wasn't particularly, but we stayed at some nice places. And as we walk out, there were some, um, some sort of Liverpool lads. Uh, sorry, Sheffield lads with their wives, obviously going off to some sort of black tie do. And uh, they obviously noticed Dale, and one of them made a, made a reference about Puff. And I was secretly hoping he hadn't heard it. <laughs> so we walk out, and this bloke makes this reference, oh, there's that fat Puff off the television. And we walked out, and I thought, oh, good, he hasn't heard. And he gets to the car, and he goes, back in a minute. And he turns around, and he goes back up to them, to this bloke who by this time was digging a hole for himself. And he said, uh, he said I heard that. He said... I think you're very sad, he said, but yes, I am, he said, and very rich with it. And with that, we turned around and he carried on. So I never underestimated what people can hear. You always sometimes think maybe nobody's going to hear it. So are we going to make Sheffield the capital, Ollie? I don't know. Could we use you as a mascot? We could have Ollie as a mascot. But if you can get the computer working, do let me know. I've surrounded it with sort of strawberries, which are a little bit hard at the moment. I promise you they're actually quite sweet and quite nice. So I, I sort of I didn't leave them there specifically for you. I'm just sort of left some left some strawberries there because I bought them the other day, and they're actually a lot sweeter than you. You know when you bite into a strawberry, you sort of think they're supposed to be soft for it to be, you know. Really, but I thought they were quite good, so I had a few of them this morning. But you're welcome to try a few, you know, if you can get the computer going because I couldn't get it going at all. There was obviously something it went uh, went through yesterday. Uh, I spent time as a farm rep, Steve, working up the hills in Perthshire. Ian says, so yes, I've been up the Trossachs. Do you know, I could, I've, I've seen programmes about hill farmers working sheep and I've often thought, sitting from the comfort of my home with the central heating on full blast, how beautiful it must be. And it is if you're sitting indoors and you don't have to go out there. But I, I watched all these people hill farming, digging sheep out of snow, because sheep are stupid. They just stand there while the snow covers them. Then you've got to go and dig them out again. It's the right blooming nuisance, but there's something lovely about it. And I've often thought that, but then I, I've been out in weather like that and it's blooming freezing. Your feet freeze, everything freezes. It's not nice. It's not good. So uh, if in doubt, back to Sheffield. That's the kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The tunnel under Stonehenge getting the go ahead. Oh, God, that's all we need. A what do we want a tunnel under Stonehenge for? Uh, and we were talking yesterday about the, 
the man who's taken English heritage to court for charging him so he can pray there. He doesn't own the site. It has nothing to do with it. He's a druid. And I wasn't actually sure if the Druids had anything to do with Stonehenge. Has it just been built up over the years? Or is it just that people want to go and celebrate the winter summer solstice and they all turn up in their white robes and loads of other onlookers who are a bit gawky and geeky go and stand there and watch people doing something? Because I'm not really sure what Druidism is. I don't know what they... Are they to do with the land? Is that part of the... You know the summer solstice is that the uh, the the fat of the land kind of thing and the and the green of the grass and the hedgerows and birds and everything like that is it all quite nice druidism because I don't know I'm always looking for another religion not because I want to join anything I'm not I'm not one of these people who sort of wanders around with their religion I'm C of E C of E and quite happy to be C of E thank you very much indeed and um, they were asking Colleen Nolan if she believed in God the other day and quite clearly she didn't she said she did. But she doesn't really now. She doesn't believe that there's anything like that at all. Whereas I like to believe that there is. I like to believe that there is something out there because I think that's what gets you. I mean, I don't I don't sort of kind of go down on bended knee and thank the almighty for whatever it happens to be. I just quite like the idea that there might be something that we might not know about. It's the it's the unknown, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, please, God, somebody will have some sense in the government soon. Do you think to bring back tax discs? So you can see them, you know, like normal, because at the moment, uh, what a lot of people are doing is they're pretending that uh, they haven't got the acknowledgement. So they don't know when the tax disc runs out, although we've already pointed out how you do it. You go to uh, dvla.gov forward slash dot gov dot uk. And that will tell you, put in your, your car registration number, put in the make of car and it'll tell you when the uh, tax disc runs out and when your um, little MOT is needed. So there's no excuse, but of course a lot of people appearing in court are saying, well, it was easy when you saw it before because you could see when it was running out. It was a coloured tax disc. It was something tangible to hang on to, to put on the vehicle. And now we don't have that, do we? We haven't got anything like that to actually put on the car. We should have it. Just having it, you know, so that the police can check you from behind is, is great. I think that's fantastic. But I do worry that there's going to be lots of other people being caught, especially over this time of uh, year, uh, as people start getting the bills in. And they will start coming in, let me tell you. They will start coming in. There will be bills that will be arriving after Christmas. You'll have, at the end of this month, you'll have your credit card bill. That'll be, that'll be tears. When you suddenly realise, because you don't know if you put it on credit card, unless you're very clever, uh, exactly how much you've spent. I have no such surprises. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Steve, I'm listening to, uh, to LBC through my Amazon Echo. Can you say, Alexa, what time is it? So I want to see if your voice on the radio still sets off, Alexa. So it goes, Alexa, what time is it? So if you're listening to this programme, it's now going to be very confusing for poor Alexa. Why? It's Alexa. I've got no idea. So thank you, Pip. Uh, we always had Steve outdoor school games periods cancelled due to snowfall. We were sentenced to improvise two hour periods in a vacated classroom. And really, we'd have been happier outside kicking a ball about, says Mark. Well, we used to have we used to play pirates in the gym. Did you ever play pirates in the gym? At school when it when it rained or it was really bad snowfall pirates. That's where you went into the gym. You said board games. Oh, no, we weren't that sophisticated. Dear God, no, we had pirates. And pirates is where you brought all, all the gym equipment out. So you had um, the uh, the wooden horses for leaping over. The ropes would come down from the ceiling and all the rest of it. And you'd have, you'd all be there. You'd all distribute yourselves around different bits of a, uh, apparatus. Apparatus, look at that. This time of the morning, apparatus. 
apparatus. And, um, and, and, and then somebody would be the pirate. And it was their job to catch you. So they would be leaping from box to rope to everything else. And the moment they actually touched you, you became a pirate as well. And then there'd be two of you chasing all the other people. And the whole idea was eventually, I mean, of course, I was useless. I'd be screaming my head off. Screaming my head off as we're sort of going around there. And I would always end up climbing to the top of a rope. I was very good at climbing ropes. And I would climb to the top of it. And, of course, that was the easiest place to get me. And so I would always get caught at the end. But, I mean, I used to love things like that. But you're right, you, you just wanted to go outside and start messing about in the snow. And we'd always, you know, if you came into school first thing in the morning, you'd always be the first one to put footprints into the snow where your Stevenson screen was. Do you remember your Stevenson screen? Which was the thing that did the, the weather forecasting. It was a little white box on stilts on the lawn. Do you have one of those? We had one of those. We had a Stevenson screen and the, you get the really, the really goody two-shoes kids who'd go out there with a piece of paper and go, today the temperature is, and they'd write down the temperature, and the rainfall expected is, and, you'd, and then they'd close the Stevenson screen. We used to think, prigs. We used to really hate them. We really hated them. We thought they were, they were the real goody two-shoes at the school. But then I became a goody two-shoes and became a food monitor. You know, which as far as I was concerned was sort of making fat kids not eat as much food. So there was more for me. And so I was never a prefect. It was much to my deep, deep embarrassment. I never made it to prefect, head boy, head girl, nothing. I didn't make anything like that at all. I don't know why. Why Stephen was never a prefect. I should have been a prefect, but I'd have been terrible. I was, I was food monitor at table and I looked after the school tuck shop. But that was just an excuse to eat food and not pay for it. And the only thing we sold were fizzy drinks. We'd bring a table out and all the kids would queue up. It was so exciting. And we'd sell snowballs, those tunnock snowballs with that white foamy stuff inside. And, um, and what else do we do? Crisps. And then we would do fizzy drinks as well. Pop. Fizzy pop drinks. And we did that every, every playtime. That I quite liked as well. Funny, isn't it? All to do with food. I don't know. It worked, apparently. I got the time from Alexa. Lovely. Siobhan says some uh, young lad has a firm uh, that started issuing tax disc reminders, like a task tax disc with the renewal date on and they email a reminder to you. He's making a fortune. He's only about 14. I don't know why the government ever abandoned it. It's, it's, it's going to be a complete disaster. A complete disaster. But far be it from me to disagree with anything that the government seems to, to go for. Apparently saved a lot of money from posting them out and all the way. What a load of old cobblers, honestly, really. It's easy. You saw it. You could see a tax disc on a car. Now, of course, you don't and I have for the however long it's been. I, I buy my tax disc, which is 500 and 20 quid or four, I can't remember what it is now. Five, whatever it is, it's a lot. It's a lot for a piece of paper, but I, I liked it. But there again, I've had no say in this thing whatsoever. Um, the must-up, uh, the must, sorry, the must-have mixed-up mutts. So now you've got a shorky and a puggle, and before it was labradoodles and things like that, and all it is, it's, it's dogs who've slept around. Slappers, ladies and gentlemen, slappy dogs. They, uh, they sleep around and then they sort of come up with something and then people go, what have you got? And you go, I've got a puggle. And you go, I don't want to be rude, but are you simple? What do you mean you've got a puggle? What does that mean? You know, <laughs> a puggle. I don't, I don't in fact know what a puggle is. I'm assuming it's a pug and a, and a gull, whatever a gull. I don't know. What would a puggle be? I'm not even sure what a, what a shorky is. That'll be a Yorkie and something else. What's a puggle? A, Sh- a Shetland? What's a Shetland? What, pony? Good God in heaven, how big are these dogs now? Producer thinks it could be a, a Shetland. Uh, the Druids, Steve. 
I can't even imagine that. I'd love a miniature horse. Have you seen these little tiny horses that they breed in Argentina? Well, I'd love one of those. But you know somebody would nick it. Uh, the Druids, Druids were pagan priests who were active at the time of the Roman invasion of Britain. Stonehenge was put up about 3,000 years before that, says Kevin. Perhaps they just like the look of it. I think that's quite a nice idea, isn't it? I mean, I've, I, I did used to live near... Stonehenge, because it was near Salisbury and I lived in in Berkshire. So we were sort of we were very close to it. And and we did go on a few occasions, but just a set of stones. It's only when you see what it looked like when it was sort of fully assembled that it made it more interesting. But then I should imagine the whole country must have looked like that. It's like when you go to Rome, and you see the, the Colosseum. Well, for years, it was all in ruins. There was literally, if you look at early pictures when they used it as a roundabout, I mean, there were hardly any stones on it at all. It's all been rebuilt up, again, to make it look as it does today. Uh, Steve, I pay for my tax disc by standing order, so never have to worry. Also, you don't have to schlep down to the post office with the MOT and insurance policy. Well, it's all on the computer now. It's all on the computer. And somebody says, did you just say a rude word? What, puggle? I don't know, is puggle a rude word? Might be. Uh, I don't think so, no. I'd always remember a rude word, John. Thank you for reminding me. But you're right. I mean, trekking down with your... Now, I go online. If I want to get my my tax disc, I put in my details, because it says tax disc. If the MOT and insurance is going to run out within about a week, it won't let you buy it. So you've got to make sure. But I know that my MOT comes up in September. And the insurance... I can't remember when that comes up. I can't remember when that comes up. Nicholas says, a puggle is a pug and a beagle. So cute. Jenny Falconer has one. Does she? A puggle. Why can't we just have normal dogs? This is a poodle. This is a, an Alsatian. That's a spaniel. This is a beagle. <laughs> it's just a puggle. But uh, anyway, so if Jenny Falconer's got one, that's OK. But I'm not going to argue with somebody who's got a radio programme. Uh, here it is. Oh, they are quite cute, aren't they? It's not recognised as a standard breed by any major kennel club. It's just a bit of inbreeding, isn't it? First bred in the 1980s. And uh, so none of them recognise it at all. They said they're great family dogs. Beagles are known for howling. Puggles tend to do both. Oh, God. They're so pretty, though, aren't they? He does look like... It looks like a little cartoony-type dog. They're quite sweet. But, you know, they're terribly expensive, these things. This could be a £600 dog. I just, oh, my God, they grow up to be that size, do they? Oh, wow. No, I don't, I don't like the look of them now. I like them when they're sort of little. I like them when they're sort of like little little puggles. Don't like them when they get bigger. They look a bit bit scary to me. It look as though they could clamp their jaws on you. Are you sure that's what the adult version looked like? Oh, dear. Oh, no, I'm not sure about that. It's a Canis lupus familiaris. <laughs> Just impressing you with my knowledge of uh, of Latin. That means domestic, actually. Um, and, um, oh, somebody says, oh, I did use a swear word on the program. Did I really? Oh, yeah, I, yes, I said prig. Yes. No, no, not what it sounded like. No. Yes. Prig is an old fashioned word, actually. I think it's I think you find it in the Enid Blyton uh, books. Uh, I think so. Isn't it? Well, I think so. That's what it was. Unless, Dan, you're going to tell me differently. Do do tell me differently. Yeah, I definitely said prig. That's what I thought. Uh, so I'm now I've gone off the puggles. I think because they sound like something out of Harry Potter, don't they? They sound like something about Harry Potter. Uh, a lot of people telling me about druids. Do we have any druids listening at the moment? That'd be quite nice. Uh, which would be good. Prig, Dan. Prig. It's, an, it's, a, it's a word that you find, I think, in Enid Blyton books. I think you find it. 
it, somebody else said, no, you said prig. Yes, I thought so. I, I, I'm, I'm never wrong on these things. And I, yes, William Roach is a druid. Yes, I was going to mention that earlier on. That's Ken, uh, Ken Barlow out of Coronation Street. He's, he's been going there for ages. Um, and he goes there and he wears his white rope. But I don't quite know what they do. I just, I just know that they go there and lots of other people go and gawp and we go, oh, look, druids, like without actually not, uh, not realising. They used to call mixed breed dogs mongrels in my day, says Adam, still in Andover, still not got the message. Get out as quick as possible. <laughs> yes, you're right. They used to call them mongrels. If it was a mix, if it was a dog who'd slept around, but you'd look at them and go, oh, God, that's a mongrel. That's a mongrel. And you go, why is that a mongrel? You go, because the mother slept around. You know, that's why you have to have dogs spayed so that they don't sleep around. So I quite like the puggles till they get to be adult and then they look a bit, look a bit dangerous to me. But that's just my opinion. I'd love a dog, but it's just, it's got to stay small. But I don't want one of those silly, ridiculously small dogs like a chihuahua. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Thank you, Dan. Send me in a nice picture of, uh, of the girl's mutt. <laughs> oh, by the way, I've got the uh, the meaning of the word prig in the uh, Cambridge English Dictionary. I knew I'd used it correctly. It's uh, a person who obeys the rules of correct behaviour and considers himself or herself to be morally better than other people. Sort of like dog in the manger kind of thing. And uh, and these, these were the people uh, doing the Stevenson screen who I said, we used to think they, they were prigs. They were sort of goody two-shoes kind of thing, you know, a little bit better than everybody else. We're in ch- and they would look at us in the classroom. We'd all be going, yeah, pfft. I'm sticking two fingers up at them. Uh, Dennis says, the government reckoned the new system, Steve, for taxing vehicles would save money. OK, but how about charging us a pound extra to cover the cost and send us out a disc and an MOT disc too? I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem. No, I wouldn't either. I think that's quite good. And then they'd be looking at, you know, £10 because they'd have to employ people to implement it. He says, I drive a 2001 Renault Scenic. Cost me 600 quid four and a half years ago, and I just love it. Open door, bum on seat, no climbing up or dragging my backside on the ground. Suits my arthritis very well. So thank you, Dennis, very much indeed. Yeah, some people, when I think actually of how many cars I've had in my life, I've had quite a number of cars, quite a number of cars. And, and I'm not a car person. You would, you would think I was, but I promise you, I'm absolutely not. I'm not remotely bothered about a car. I like the look of a car, but that's as far as it goes. If somebody, it's like people say to me, how many litres is your car? And I go, well, just under seven litres. And they go, seven litres? I go, yeah. Who is obsessed? Is Darren obsessed? You see, I'm not remotely bothered by cars. I like a car, but... If somebody says to me, you know, uh, how many horsepower? I don't know. You know, somebody said to me the other day, how much does it cost to fill up the tank? Expected me to say a thousand pounds. And I said, I don't know, about 120 quid, I think. Same as most cars. They're all roughly the same size tanks nowadays. Years ago, on the old Jags, you had two tanks, one either side, so you could fill up and have a reserve tank. But uh, I'm re- I, don't, I don't know. If somebody says how many litres, I go seven, six and 6.7 litres or whatever it is. It just means it's very fast. But that's no advantage. Just going very fast is no advantage because you can't go very fast. And I wouldn't be bothered anyway. I just like to pootle along. I like to have a bit of room to sit down. I like a nice sound system. But that's it. I'm not, I'm really not faffed about it at all. Um, what have we got here? Oh, yes, getting, I, I will keep mentioning the snow this morning just in case it starts snowing in Leicester Square. But I have a feeling I'll probably finish the programme today and do my interview for In Conversation. Oh, this, I've also got all the, I forget what I forgot to do. I've been sent the links for In Conversation for this week and I didn't record them. Did you, did you not get sent them? Oh, I got sent them. 
which is very odd. I'll have to do them today, actually, with the producer of the programme. I don't know how we managed to forget that. Tony, oh, I know why, because I couldn't sign on. I don't know if Ollie's managed to sign himself on yet, because uh, I couldn't this morning. The computer was playing silly beggars with me. So I've had to sort of, I sort of kind of left it. I sort of went off in a huff. If I can't make something to work, I get very angry. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, Robbie's manager accused of ripping off fans over tickets. This was a really bizarre story that started yesterday. And I was sort of, I was kind of sort of half reading it and half, half not reading it. And, um, and it's what it is. It's the, the, I'll, I'll read you the story as is. OK, perhaps you'll understand it a little bit better. Uh, furious Robbie William fans have slammed him for placing gig tickets on tout websites at inflated prices. The singer's managers, i.e. dot dot music, have campaigned for a crackdown on secondary sales sites, are allowing tickets for his upcoming tour to be sold at up, at, at up to a £65 premium. The £1 billion a year industry has been slammed as legal ticket touting and sites face a competition watchdog investigation. This was a probe by the BBC which found Ticketmaster is selling tickets for Robbie's gig at Manchester's Etihad Stadium on June the 2nd for 95 quid on the Get Me In site owned by Ticketmaster near identical platinum seats are £160. As the tickets come direct from IE Music, all profits go to them. They're listed as official tickets direct from the event organiser. Fan Poppy Ackroyd, who comes from uh, Wilden in Bedfordshire, blasted Robbie, who last week mocked himself below for using hand gel after touching an audience member at a New Year's Eve show. But anyway, so far, this IE Music have uh, had no, no comments. So, on the best available, £104. Uh, 95 quid before things. And then the official ticket direct, £160. I mean, that's just a bit naughty, isn't it? I mean, that is just a wee bit naughty. But I'm sure that, uh, you know, still people will buy them. If you want to go see Robbie and you don't have enough money, well, then you won't buy them. But if you've got enough money and you put it on credit card, you'll buy them at 160 quid. You know, still slightly worried that we haven't managed to sell the whole of the Bross Tour out yet. Want to make a big deal about it? You know what I'm like. I don't like to go on about it ad infinitum. But we did discover that the adverts have ceased in the newspapers. They obviously realised that we're on a hiding to nothing. And obviously realised that they probably sold as many as they can. Because even though we've got uh, tickets which have all sold out in London, uh, I believe throughout the rest of the country there's still tickets available. Uh, Steve, I'd rather have an insurance disc on the windscreen by law so that you can see whether the car is insured or not, says Ron. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I would like to see if a car is insured. But uh, unless you're going out with the local police, there's very little chance that, uh, that you'll be finding out if indeed the car is insured in front. I've discovered that in so many occasions the car in front is not insured. And uh, that's because people are crooks nowadays. Uh, Steve, if people need a tax disc to remind them when to renew it, why can't they make their own and stick it on the dashboard, says me. Oh, I don't know. Listen, don't get asking me things like that. Uh, the black cab poet, Michael Dennis, has got... Um, what's he got? He's actually got a... a we haven't heard of this one either. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I shall find it in a minute. Don't, don't, don't leave me at the moment, OK? Uh, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Where is it? Where? Come here. I get so annoyed. Um, this says, oh, Kevin, the singing waiters says uh, we're back on the road. This is main course for potentially a white, white wedding. 
The Singing Waiters. I'll tell you what I've been on to recently. I don't know if any of you have tried this out. Go onto YouTube and you'll find people uh, singing songs from Les Miserables, but at wedding receptions. So they'll just sit down and look like part of the, uh, of the company. And then somebody will stand up and they'll go... Do you hear the people? And then somebody else will stand up. And the bride and groom always look totally fixated by it. Oh, there's that there's one there. That lovely. This is the Les Miserables wedding flash mob. I mean, how exciting. You know, when somebody's singing live in front. I love stuff like this. The Americans do it big time. The, the Americans do it big time. They actually love it. Can we get the, um, the um, main course up? Just called main course. <laughs> you looked at me blankly like I was going to say spaghetti bolognese or something. Um, and uh, I think we, we shall find them. That's uh, Kevin from The Singing Waiters. Are they The Singing Waiters or are you Main Course? I think you must be Main Course, mustn't you? So, well, we've got Singing Waiters, Main Course. Oh, there we go. We found you. We found you. That's it. See what Kevin looks like. If he's not attractive, he's not featuring on the programme ever again. I'm sorry. I will only have attractive people on this programme. Wait a minute. Ke- no, you're not featuring ever again. I'm sorry, Kevin. You know, I don't want to be rude, but Rich looks a lot better. OK. And uh, Anel... Anel and, and Ben. No, I'm not sure about Ben. Uh, so really, the best looking ones are, are Rich and Anel. But I mean, we're not sure. Rich is from Cannock. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, Kevin began performing in public at the age of seven in various schools. But uh, oh, he's, he, he landed the lead role in 2011 as Gary Barlow in Take That Reunited. <laughs> so, in Bolton. That's quite exciting, doesn't it, really, Kevin? I guess you're only mentioned. Uh, right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Steve, uh, you should ask Alexa on air, will it snow today? And all folks listening to you and have an echo switched on, it will be activated. Listen, I'm not entertaining people in that way. If you, if your life is that desperate, um, I've lost. Sorry. What? No, I can't. I'll, I'll ask Siri later. What, what do you think a sprocker is? A sprocker. If you've got slight hearing problems, this programme is really going to do your head in this morning. I'm so sorry. Uh, a sprocker, which is a Springer Cocker Cross, says Michael Dennis. A, sp- a sprocker. <laughs> he says, P.S. No snow at the elephant. OK, I'll go for that one. John says, a puggle is a pug and a beagle. Uh, temperament of a pug, but the size and snout closer to that of a beagle. Thank you, John. I just don't like the idea, actually. It just doesn't, it doesn't look quite right when it gets a bit older. I don't know why. And, uh, and Aaron says, uh, I love the show, Steve. You always make insomnia a bit more bearable. Must be dreadful if you've got insomnia. Seriously, I mean, you, I mean, you, you could do this, uh, this programme on ins- If I was an insomniac, I could... Oh, that's cute, isn't it? Whose is that one? Is that Carol's? Oh, lovely. Oh, no, this is a, a, co- oh, this is a cockapoo. Seriously, it's another world, isn't it? It's another look at it. Honestly, they're so cute, aren't they? It looks as though it's got a personality. But she says, talk about lovely eyes. Not a patch on the late Elizabeth Taylor. She had, yes, yeah, she had. Um, what do they call it? It wasn't purple eyes, but she had that uh, that deep sort of colour. I quite like a a cockapoo. Seriously, I'm not. Uh, I'm not, not averse to that. That looks quite a nice thing. The trouble is, they always look as though they're going to get very dirty, don't they? Cockapoos, but cute. It's got dirt around its mouth already. But I think sometimes, because they, they end up sticking their mouth into their food, and so they end up with bits of food stuck... Oh, dear, you know. I don't want to think about things like that. It becomes far too unnecessary. But uh, quite nice. So thank you for telling me about your, uh, your doggies this morning. Uh, also, if you've been down to Stonehenge, is it really atmospheric? Do you really get that sort of meaning of, um, of druids and everything else? Uh, 
sorry. Uh, we've also got the the risk this morning of the selfish clerks and park. You know, people who park in a car park and they park in two spaces. You know, it's it's really not good enough. You know, they're a bit simple. These people. I like the idea of a flat wine bottle. I bet Ollie will go for that one. Flat wine bottle. Just post it straight through your letterbox. Uh, the best dog breed to see in is a Samoyed. A what? What in God's name is a Samoyed? This is, oh, this is like um, a husky, isn't it? Oh, my Godfathers. Is that, that's one? Oh, right. Wow. Northwest Russia and Western Siberia. God, they're going to be absolutely ideal for the weather that we've got coming in today. It's a nomadic reindeer herder. It's a fluffy white dog. I'm not sure about fluffy white dogs. I quite like the idea of having, you know, something that looks like that, but not exactly like that. Not while we've got Ollie out there. I mean, he, he could double up as one of these sort of strange dogs, couldn't he? Bless his heart. Anybody from Sheffield could, really. Coming up very shortly, the news at five o'clock this morning. I'm Steve Allen. Uh, getting ready for heavy snow. Are we? Is it really going to come down today? What's going to happen is later on, they say by lunchtime, the rain will move in across the channel. It will hit the cold air. This is the easiest way I can explain it to you. And then... The cold air will hit the rain, which will then turn it into snow. So by the time you get to go home today, which is going home today, you might get light snow in London. Whether or not it, it deluges down, I've got no idea. Depends how much rain is about. Um, the shrink wrapped, the brands, including Mr Kipling, who want to have their cake and eat it. Um, the mistress, who harassed her lover's wife, who's in big trouble. And the slob seeker, we found Wayne Etter. She beat up her lover to stop him getting a job and risking her benefits. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 12th of January, Thursday. How are you coping? Just about? Getting through the month? Got enough money left? No. <laughs> it just disappeared over Christmas, didn't it? Where did it all go to? Presents? Food? You kind of forget, don't you? But uh, you've just... I said every year you've really got to... You've got to kind of rain in on it. You just have to tell people, I'm terribly sorry you're not getting a present this year. I'm mean. Tell them you're mean. You know, say, I'll, I'll give you the present later in the year when I've got some money or when my boat comes in. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, Steve, <laughs> says Matthew, uh, the Alsatian and the Lassie Cross, that's a very good one. It bites your leg off and then goes to get help. I quite like that idea. That's possibly one of our better ones this morning. And Angela and Bob <laughs> in Pratt's Bottom, Says all this talk about snow. They've got the camera ready for the yearly photo. I always get a photo of their garden. The moment it snows in Pratt's Bottom, Angela and Bob are there. They're under the duvet at the moment. They're debating whether to have toast, but it'll probably just be a cup of tea. They'll listen to the programme, and then if it snows, they will take a picture, and then we we get the nice we get the nice picture of Pratt's Bottom covered in snow. And and that's what I want. But uh, I have a sneaking feeling it'll be tomorrow. Uh, Jeff the cabbie says, uh, in one hour at Heathrow, the temperature had dropped from... Because remember he told us earlier on? What did he tell us? Come on, remember, remember, remember? 11.5. It's now down to 7 degrees. He said, so maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Oh, Jeff, I hope so. I hope so. Well, I say I hope so. I don't hope so. <laughs> I mean, part of me wants it, and, uh, and part of me doesn't want it. Sharon in Epsom says, I've got a, a wowser. Which is not too big or not too small. Cross between a Westie and a, Mizzy, a, a mini schnauzer. A wowser. Oh, it gets better and better, this, doesn't it? But I do like the idea of the Alsatian and Lassie cross. Bites your leg off and then goes to get help. 
That kind of appeals to me, Matthew. That appeals to me greatly. I like things like that. It's something that's so stupid. You can, you can, but only, you know, I mean, years ago, I used to get mileage out of, you know, what's red and sits in the corner and it turned out to be a naughty strawberry. It was something as simple as that, which used to, which used to amuse me. I, I quite like that. Uh, still to come, we found Waynetta Slob. Oh, dear, it's gross. Uh, she beat up her lover to stop him getting a job and risking her benefits. They're not together anymore, but apparently he wants to get back with her. Can't imagine why. Really can't imagine why. Uh, the flat wine bottle that now fits through the letterbox. Now, there is an idea. Perhaps if they sort of come up with a flat Prosecco bottle. Well, I mean, um, do, you, do you think it would have to be in glass? Or would it be in plastic? Not too sure about that. Uh, hopefully today, I should... Well, in fact, I'm pretty certain today I should get my vacuum cleaner delivered. I was explaining to my Lynn the other day that it's, um, it's very quiet. It doesn't make any noise. And she said, what do you mean it doesn't make any noise? Because she's got a Dyson, she says, and it does make noise. I said, well, I've never heard of a vacuum cleaner that, that, that doesn't make noise. And I've, I've had a few in my time, as you can imagine, and still have a number, including one I've not even taken out of the box. I've got a G-Tech. I've not taken it out of the box yet. <laughs> I've got this obsession with vacuum cleaners. It's an illness. It's a sickness. I can only describe it as that, because even I think it's slightly bizarre. Uh, no snow dew in Billericay today. So uh, good news for Billericay. Lovely. Thank you. And uh, Martin says not all cars have tax or not all cars and motorcycles pre-1960 are MOT exempt tax wise pre-97. So you don't pay tax but still have to register one's vehicle. Yes, there are there are certain it's like there are certain people driving around who don't have licenses. People of a certain age because they didn't have a driving test. And there are certain cars. My car, I can't remember when my tax went up on the car to be £521 or something, or 500 whatever it was. I remember thinking, I'm sure that's a mistake. I'm sure it's a mistake. Tunnel under Stonehenge, I've got no idea why. I'd hate to think that the stones are so heavy that they just fall in. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, the, the stores were openly flouting the law. They're selling vaping kits to kids as young as 13. They've done one of these surveys where they've gone out and they've taken... Uh, a young person who is obviously working for the papers and they say, listen, here's here's 10 quid. Go in there and see if they will actually sell you a vaping kit. And of course they do. They do because some people, they don't really care, actually. And uh, Mick says, on hearing the weather reports, I've decided on precautionary lockdown. Shutters up, heating on, hibernation through the worst. I know, I think tortoises have got it right. They've got it right. Just sleep through the winter. They have said, you know, put your heating on. My friend... um, Paul has just had a central heating system put in. It's just broken. He's only just had it put in, literally, within the past two weeks, and he said it's broken, so no heating. And if we're going to have snow down, he needs the heating. Uh, apparently, my engine uh, is an American Buick engine. You can, you can go to the Bentley factory tour. Oh, right. I'm, see, the funny thing, I'm, I'm not, Steve, interested in cars. I know that seems really ridiculous. I mean, I, I like looking at them, but I couldn't, I couldn't care less about them at all. He says, they will take you round as a one-to-one, not in a group. You see the engine, the radiator, the wood, the leather department. As an owner, it's well worth a visit. I just I couldn't care less. You've got to go to crew, you see. And I mean, I don't go to crew. I don't really want to go. To... I mean, I'm sure it's fascinating for people who like things like that, but I am not one of them. I'm just, I don't know why I'm not in. People think I'm mad. They go, oh, you drive this car and you're not interested in it. Nope, I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the website. It's lovely. Factory visits. It's all very nice. And I could take my car. I have to get it washed and everything before I head up there. And uh, you can go around and show you all the different colours. Because you basically design your own car. But I think you can with a lot of people. If you buy a Porsche, you can go to the factory and watch it being built. 
and uh, they've got a commissioning experience. So you pick out the colour Connolly hide that you want and they will make the car, you know, to, to suit your thing. So I did look at a car a short while ago and it's in fire glow, which is like an orange sort of colour. And it, it does look, I think it's fire glow. It's, it, it's, it's quite nice. It's very bright. And it would have been lovely if the inside of the car had been cream. But it's not. It's red. Bright red. And bright red kind of makes, whoa, holds me up. The outside of the car, lovely colour. Inside of the car, I mean, I could have it changed. If I, if I bought it, I could have it changed and have cream uh, seats put in. They just take out these ones, put in cream seats and put the other ones in something else and then perhaps do them a different colour. But it's the, the outside of the car is lovely in the fire glow, the inside in red. And it's got red carpets as well. It's it's a bit it's a bit naff footballer. The outside lovely, the inside not so great, not so, so great. But you know you can only look at these things. You see, I'm I'm a bit taken with cream interiors. My one at the moment is is midway between cream and grey interior, and and I, I quite like that one. Cream is cream is nice, cream is nice, but it's it's the red and the steering wheel's red as well. Red steering wheel, red dash, red carpet, bright red, bright bright red. And so I thought, uh, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, front page of The Sun today, the NHS at war with Theresa May, British spy behind the Trump leak. Uh, also here, what have we got a picture of? Sylvester Sloan's daughter, who's called Sistine, as in chapel, yes, uh, is a knockout. She's an 18-year-old model, and uh, she features... I mean, you know, for model nowadays, it just means that somebody's prepared to strip down to their underwear and uh, and show your bits off. So, in other words, most of the people on Celebrity Big Brothers are models, except in the case of uh, one of them, and she's just a drunk. And, as I say, it's getting worse and worse for her. She was always slightly suspect beforehand, and uh, and now she's getting worse, and her husband's getting slightly angry about the way she's coming over. Mind you, I should imagine Colleen's husband has given up completely. Uh, Steve, when I was young, we had a poodle bull terrier cross. So would that be a turtle or a pooler? I don't know. <laughs> I've never thought about it, Mel. I just why can't we just have dogs? We've got three three crossbreed breeds, Steve. Uh, small one, which was described in the advert as a short-legged, long-nosed water terrier. So we've now got a twelve-foot-long crocodile in the back garden. Says Rick. Did you see that school the other day that they've um, they've had to confiscate a boa constrictor and um, and a scorpion? The headmaster had it in the. Uh, in the office. Slightly peculiar person. Slightly peculiar. So, uh, anyway, so thank you. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> a short-legged, long-nosed water terrier. You do get people who have, um, who keep crocodiles, don't you? They, they, they keep these sort of miniature crocodiles. I, mean, I wouldn't want anything like that. I really wouldn't. Proper dog like my Gracie, a chocolate Labrador. See, chocolate Labradors are lovely, but they don't half need some exercise. Neil says... Um, Still got the man cold. Oh, I bumped into somebody the other day who's still got the cold. And says, off in a mode to join up with all the family at Centre Parks. I've packed a sledge for Teddy, just in case it snows. <laughs> See, chocolate Labradors are lovely. My, uh, my godchildren had two, but they were. They had brother and sister. And they were over-excitable. They literally, they just went berserk for people. And they needed a lot of exercise. And they would jump the gate outside they if you know in an effort to try and meet up with people so in the end they had to that to give them to somebody and i think they gave them to a farmer 
And they're now very, very happy on the farm. They've got loads of room to run around. They've got, you know, tons and tons of room. So, but you're right, chocolate Labradors. I just wish that they all stayed like puppies. It's like kittens, isn't it? I love kittens. A friend of mine's got cats. She's, she's become the, the archetypal cat woman. She absolutely, you know, absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it. Uh, 84850, steve at LBC. .co.uk. So uh, good luck for the journey. I hope it doesn't snow on the way up there. I hope not. But uh, we're waiting. I mean, we are on snow alert. <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of at quarter past five in the morning, give or take a minute. I mean, I am sitting here thinking, I don't think we're going to get anything this morning. I'm pretty certain we might get some rain. I'll probably get that on the way home. And then I think this afternoon, the heavens will open. And then I think it'll, it'll get colder. We're monitoring the temperature at Heathrow, where it appears to be... Uh, you know, dropping. It was 11.5 when we started the programme. It's now down to just under 7 degrees. So it's getting colder, noticeable. It'll start getting windier as well. Uh, Martin says, my car is a 56 Pontiac Catalina. Um, not uh, No tax, fully comp insurance, 120 a year with fully comp breakdown, worth 140 thrown in for free. Car does 25 miles to the gallon. Most parts off the shelf, so quids in. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I'm not remotely interested. I couldn't, I couldn't be less excited by somebody's car. I like looking at nice cars on the road. And I'm hoping that somebody's going to will me a Phantom, a Rolls Phantom, you know, in sort of two... I, now, I could cope with one in black and red, two-tone, you know, a nice red with cream interior. I mean, should you want to gift me something like that? I don't want to make it sound like I'm desperate. But uh, I, I do see them around. I saw one that was horrible the other day. It was all purple with a purple interior. Ugh, 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 disgusting. People with no class whatsoever look like a footballer's car. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Mick says, anybody seen a gritter yet? Or did the excuses come after the event? Uh, <laughs> I fear you might be right. You would think, actually, as the temperature now goes below seven degrees at Heathrow Airport, that, uh, in fact, the gritters would be out around there, just in anticipation. As opposed to, I mean, there's no point in sending a gritter out if it's tipping down with snow, is it? Mind you, we're all getting very excited about this. Very excited. Paul Smith came in earlier on uh, to bring us up to date with exactly where we think the snow's going to hit uh, and how much of it is going to fall down and how cold it's going to get and how windy it's going to get. And so if it changes, you'll hear it on LBC. Um, there's a woman in the paper today called Hayley Affleck. Hayley Affleck uh, comes from uh, North Tyneside. And... Um, she went out for a drink last year with a guy called Alan Gartside. And um, they, they, they were caught in flagrante in a car, in a car park. And uh, she said um, that she was looking for her gloves. But in fact, as her bra was in her handbag... Uh, she claimed also that she was getting ready to go out for a walk, but somebody said, no, you'd have had to have completely got dressed again. And uh, they were caught because they had the interior light on in the car. So they were caught by a police officer. Um, surprisingly, uh, this Hayley Affleck is a single mum. A single mum, but uh, having sex in a car. And um, she's accepted a police caution for outraging public decency. Uh, Affleck was the one who denied it and went to court, but she was found guilty. Naughty old you, eh? Naughty old you. She was fined £300 with £650 costs. The single mum refused to comment last night. I bet you did. I bet you did. 
because you're in all the papers today, dear. So you've you've achieved international fame. Amazing how many of you are watching as well to see the Piers Morgan launching into that single mother who started shouting at him and everything else. As I say, the attention-seeking woman has uh, is no stranger to publicity. She's courted it uh, every step of the way. And I think that was evident in the way she came across. She didn't know how to actually conduct herself on the television. Mind you, over in Big Brother, two people have now walked out. Some DJ that nobody would ever heard of and an American that we couldn't care less of. And so they both walked out. Uh, Colleen Nolan has done her usual crying because they thought she was fake. But that's just the way she is. She can't help it. Uh, Loose Woman, the other day, that's um, uh, the the Adams woman, uh, Kay Adams, who says that it was Big Brother bullying her. Uh, But of course, as was pointed out, by by Jane Moore, who knows these things. You know, she sat there very calmly waiting while Kay had her little rant that nobody really cares about because she's never quite made it big, Kay Adams. She's quite sweet and she fits into Loose Woman OK because occasionally they let her run run the programme. But she is, she is slightly sort of not really in touch with everybody else on there. And she was saying it's bullying and uh, then was pointed out by Jane Moore. But, you know, she volunteered to go on there. She's seen the programme... The fact that they asked people, you know, who do you think's the most fake? And they voted Colleen Nolan. I mean, why would she be surprised? She also burst into tears on Loose Woman some time ago when somebody told her she was two stone overweight and should stop smoking. She's still overweight and she's still smoking. So she obviously doesn't heed the advice. So it's it's crocodile tears. But for Kay Adam to jump up and down on her little stool and try and pretend that the public are interested is uh, is a bit of a sham. Of course, as I say, they didn't really invite Kay Adam to go on Loose Women. Uh, sorry, on the on the Big Brother. But she doesn't have to go on it. Obviously, uh, obviously, Colleen obviously needs the money. That's why you go on the programme. You go on the programme to either revitalise a career that's dead in the water or you go on for the money. And frankly, you know, that's what we sit there and watch. That's the whole idea. It's an experiment to see how far you can push people. And if Kay Adam doesn't understand the brief of the programme, she's not fit to be on television. Go away and let somebody else do it. Uh, outrage. Shops selling e-cigarettes to underage teens. So they sent them out the other day in, uh, in London. They sent Leia out. Uh, Leia Panisi Glaser, that's her name, is uh, 15. And she visited V Revolution in Covent Garden. And she bought, uh, I think it's called an Inokin e-cig and six millilitres of coffee-flavoured nicotine liquid for £25. Staff asked her what flavour liquid she wanted and how much of it. Um, But anyway, age didn't come up. When, when she bought it, so they then go back. She says, I wasn't surprised because I know how easy it is. A lot of my friends smoke vapes. The store manager, Joanna, says, I'm really shocked because we're quite strict about ID. I'm going to ask my staff to check everybody's in future. Yeah, but obviously you've been selling loads of it because obviously people are not checking. Over in Barnsley, Andorra, at 13, was served it. The shop manager declined to comment. Interestingly enough, uh, they did have... Nine other shops in the South Yorkshire town asked for ID and then turned the teen away, but they didn't at uh, this one here, Aspire GS Ego e-cigarette. In Sheffield, Lucas at 16 bought uh, an e-cigarette in four different venues, but he's 16. See, I can't tell a 16-year-old from an 18-year-old. I really can't. But um, uh, uh, Humphreys and African and Caribbean foods declined to comment. that These people sell to anybody. That's the thing nowadays. You can't tell how old kids are unless you specifically ask for somebody's age. In Bristol, Danny is 17. And uh, the store employee here who sold it, Leanne Holland, says, we normally ask for proof of age if somebody looks underage. Another shop refused to sell to him without ID. 
So be careful, because if somebody comes in and they look a little bit young, we had a shop done in Twickenham, selling underage booze, they were. They're still in business, selling underage booze. I think somebody needs to check them again. But uh, 13, some youngsters even urge to try before they buy. And they've got pictures of all these uh, all these people here. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite concerning. But I can't tell kids' ages nowadays, and you probably can't as well. Uh, Jerry says, uh, I'm a bit of a TV addict. And when I would get my weekly TV magazine, uh, I put a ring around things that I want to watch. I was just flicking through it the other day and noticed not a single thing was ringed on BBC One or BBC Two, and yet we still have to pay for the licence fee. Uh, who cares about the BBC anymore? Well, it's wasting your money. They waste an absolute fortune at the BBC because they've always been able to do it because they're only responsible to themselves. They're supposed to be this group of people who oversee it and they go, we're going to save money, but they don't. They absolutely don't save money. They just waste it on on garbage programmes. You know, there's nothing new. Christmas was just constant repeats, wasn't it? There were some new things, but it wasn't wasn't of any interest. In fact, the audience figures were down quite badly uh, for, for Christmas just gone. So we'll have to, I mean, perhaps they'll have to sort of, yeah, we send them a note. I used to like it when Barry Took was on there and people would write in to points of view and say, I think your programmes are rubbish. And they'd sort of bring on some expert. And then I think Terry Wogan did it for a while and various other. It doesn't really mean anything. It just means the BBC is sort of going, oh, yes, we hear what you're saying, but we're not going to do anything about it. We'll do what we want to do. So you still have to suffer with all of these, um, <laughs> all of these programmes. My friend, uh, my friend Danny's been having it really bad at the moment, actually, because of this this awful weather, um, which is uh, absolutely terrible up north. And uh, he was sort of he was saying a thing the other day that he was out in the car and the car and he got blown away. But uh, he was the same. He stood uh, too close to the train on the platform, and you know what that's like. You could be sort of sucked into the draft kind of thing going past. So I mean, a lot of sympathy for Danny there on that one. I know exactly how you how you feel. And, um, you know, for people up north, it must be awful for you because uh, you're going to get loads of snow. Well, that's what they say. I mean, I'm just I'm just repeating the same rubbish. But Danny, nice to hear from you. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have paid for that. I'd have paid for that. That would have been the funniest picture ever. I still remember that that train that went through Richmond. Do you remember the steam train? Oh, so excited that day. That was one of the highlights of my life. Uh, Waynetta Yob, here she is, fat, bloated, you know, ghastly, a battle axe. She beat up her living lover um, because uh, he threatened to hit her benefits by vowing to get himself a job. Joanne Corliss, 35. She doesn't work. Why? I've got no idea. Perhaps because she's fat, bloated, or she's just blooming useless. And uh, she snapped his glasses, ripped his shirt. She tried to stop him going to the job centre. So he fled to a neighbour's home. Police were called. Um, she admitted assault and was ordered to pay £190 costs. They're still living the same rented property in Manchester. And uh, he said, he said, that we've been arguing about me going down the job centre and the fact that it would affect our benefits. Fat, bloated old bag like this one. She should be out working. Why are we letting people get benefits? There's no reason. There's no reason. He's continued to pursue their romance. Some reason. Anyway, this, uh, this uh, woman here... This uh, Joanne Corliss, she's got three fraud convictions and we're still paying her benefits. Are we mad? There's a picture of in the paper today. My God, you're ugly. And uh, she, she's now got to pay compensation to repair the damaged shirts. They're still going out together. And um, as I say, it's just she was leaving court. So she's got three convictions for fraud and she's got to pay £20 compensation. And she doesn't work. I don't understand why people don't work. What's the reason people don't work? Is it because they're bone idle? And how do you get this fat if you're not working? 
I can understand if you're working and affording things, but uh, Wayneta Yob, scrounger, they call her in the paper today, she feared the benefits acts if he worked. I'd take it away from her. I'm sorry. I'd be really dr- I'd be terrible. You'd hate me within five minutes. I'd be taking... I'd, I'd be seeing this in the paper. I'd be, you know, if I was in charge of this kind of thing, pl- pl- please God, soon. And um, and I went to the local job centre and she walked in for benefits. She'd be off my list straight away. I'm sorry, darling. You've been on benefits way too long. You've got three fraud convictions. You're getting a job. If you don't get a job, I'm axing your benefits at the end of this month. You have been warned. And that'd be it. I'm not wasting any more time with these sort of people. They need to get out there and work. I mean, it's just, it's appalling. She turns up in court in an outfit that even in the middle of summer you wouldn't be wearing. But she's wearing it in the middle of winter, which is a little bit worrying, isn't it? So uh, no more money for you. I would, I would have it stopped, definitely. Uh, Perry, Perry, Perry Edwards has decided to go public with her relationship. I can't help feeling this is possibly the worst move of her entire life. I don't know why people want to share their relationships with you. It's a case of, so if you go out with a boy, Perry, that's sweet, love. You can do that. Don't sort of go public with it and start printing pictures of it because when it all goes pear-shaped, which it will, as you know, um, you know, the Zayn Malik thing didn't last five minutes, did it? And so now you've had to pick a footballer. I mean, to be honest with you, what conversations you have with footballers? He apparently didn't want to go too public because he wanted to be treated seriously. Unfortunately, the moment you go public about a relationship, people don't take you seriously. And uh, so she's decided to do it. And I'm thinking wrong, wrong move, wrong move. Don't, don't tell people about your relationships because it's just it's none of our business. None of our business. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, 12th of January. Last night, the Nigel Farage show was asking if we should be worried about Russia and if President-elect Trump should have dialogue with President Putin. Make sure you don't miss the Nigel Farage show, which returns for the final time this week from 7pm on LBC. But then he's back next week. So uh, don't worry, he's coming back. Uh, Robert says, laughing out loud at your description of Wayne Etta slob. It's the fact she's been convicted three times of fraud and we're still paying her benefits. I don't, there's nothing. She can manage to walk to court. Surely she can do something. Ridiculous. Mind you, somebody says if they don't give her benefits, she'll get money because she's destitute. No, she's not. He can go out and get a job. In fact, he wanted to before she beat him up. Ghastly people. Ghastly people. Uh, Steve, love listening to you. I have the dreadful cough, says Chris, and now very sore throat. Thank goodness. I've taken hot lemon, manuka honey, paracetamol. Anything else? Yes. Um, oh, God, what did I put in manuka honey? Um, it was a herb. Uh, I put um, a powder in. Is it? Yeah, lemon goes quite nicely. But in, in manuka honey specifically, it's... Oh, what's it called? I nearly said tiramisu, but it's not tir- It begins with tea. It's a herb. Tur- tur- turmeric. Turmeric. Yes. If you put some manuka honey... And it's got a bit... Make sure you get a really good Manuka honey. Really good. Make sure you've got a really good Manuka honey. Um, and, you know, as much as you can afford, because it's the best. It is the best. Make sure you get proper Manuka honey, not sort of some sort of offshoot of it. And a little bit of turmeric in there as well. I mean, it's very good. It is the most powerful herb on the planet. Many healing properties. And what you do is you just get a little bit of it, not a huge amount. Like, I would put, say, a quarter of a teaspoon in it. quarter of a teaspoon in it and stir it round a little bit and uh, and that works quite well in fact i ended up giving some to a friend of mine who works for one of our sister stations he had a, i've never seen him since my turmeric's vanished you can get it in most supermarkets it's not it's not too expensive and it'll keep for ages and ages in fact i think you can get a kilo of it 
for uh, for about three ninety seven or something like that. It is it it, it sort of uh, potentially can reverse disease. It's got many many healing properties, and I don't know why I'd not heard of it before. Mister Shah, who looks after my uh, my prescription, was telling me about turmeric before, and you can get it in capsules, but you need the the actual ground stuff. Uh, main spice in curry, actually, turmeric, but uh, which which basically means you're not going to be ill if you eat curries all the time. Oh, I'd love to eat curries, but I can't. And uh, so it's it's good for you. It's got calories in it, but put it in with a little bit of manuka, and I promise you, because when my voice started to go, and we've all had it round here, everything from the boss downwards, and uh, it you know it's it's good for you, good for you. Uh, always disappointing, says Peter, not to be asked for photo ID because it means I must be showing my age. Oh, I get people offering me the seat on the bus, if you please. How ill do you think I am? Oh, by the way, Burger King at Waterloo Station. We don't have any hash browns uh, for about four days now, so it's not uh, not particularly good. Uh, however, in my local B&Q the other day, things took a turn for the worse. The assistant asked a little sheepishly if I had a diamond card, which was the discount club for seniors. Oh, it's like the worst ever. Nobody's ever questioned me. I I sometimes stand at bus stops and I flick open my my card, which is the free card for travelling free on the buses, because apparently, don't ask how, I've managed to wangle one of these things through being a certain age. And and I'm waiting for somebody to go, I think you've stolen that. Yeah, no, no, it's really mine. It's really mine. Look how young I am. Because I saw somebody the other day when I was looking at the uh, pictures of of Debbie Reynolds' daughter who, who died. And uh, and I thought she looked old for her age. I mean, she really did look old. And and I thought then, you know, when I reach that age, I'm hoping to be a little bit better. No imagination, says Jack, in the BBC and its middle upper management. It's mainly women, is it? I thought the idea it wasn't. I don't know. I've never taken any notice of things like that. He says if you don't like furniture, house design, antiques, reality nonsense, then you're out of luck. I, I suspect it's always the cheap programmes, isn't it? It's the cheap programmes that they can turn out, and so they will be turning out antique programmes. I mean, how many how many antiques programmes do we need on the television? How many programmes? I do love, though, and I can't help it. Every time I watch one, um, I get in a terrible state of watching Nick Knowles' DIY SOS. I mean, it, it is like... It's sort of it's like sort of waving a magic wand and granting families these lovely houses and stuff like that. And uh, I love I love watching what they they turn it in a matter of days. All these people go out there on a limb and they help a family who maybe can't afford to do something. This family the other day got a fantastic house under the guise that they had a child in a wheelchair. But we never saw the kid in the wheelchair. You know, everybody else got a nice room. The mum got a nice room. The downstairs was beautiful. It had this. You pushed a button on the on the shower by the bed. And by the time you'd gotten into the shower and it was a shower room, a wet room, as they call it. Although in my auntie Enid's case, most rooms were wet when she got in them. And, uh, and, they, and they'd go in there and it would be the right temperature. And it was never going to go over the temperature. It was always going to be that best, best thing. Apparently for a treat, why not have a go at driving and uh, driving and firing a steam local on the Bluebell Railway? I did it on the East Lanks at Berry. Very enjoyable it was, says Stephen Manchesterford. All oh, right. Yes, I mean, I don't want to travel anywhere. I'm a little bit lazy for things like people say, oh, would you travel? It's like the other, you know, a minute ago, we were talking about travelling to Crewe to watch Bentleys being made. No, thank you. I'm not travelling to Crewe. I don't even know where it is. Just up the top of the country. It's probably lovely, but not for me. Phil in Darlington says, I do hope the snow, because we're on snow alert this morning. It's snow joke. Uh, does not prevent delivery of the Tom Daly book you made me buy. You will not be disappointed with the book. If you follow it, 
If you follow it, I mean, I've, you know, I do loads of these things, as you know, over the years. We've done tons of them. But because he's an Olympian and because I don't believe he would ever tell you, this is what he eats. And he is the cook in the household. Lance does little bits of cooking. He's got a couple of recipes in there. But it's mainly Tom Daly who does it. And he does it. I mean, he admittedly, he trains six hours a day. But with the food that he's doing, it's healthy food. And that's all you need to do. You know, I mean, you're going to end up with like Wayne a slob, you know, buying takeaway pizza and heating it up in the box in the oven and then burning your house down. And uh, fraudster convicted. And, uh, you know, if, if she ate healthily, because people go, oh, I can't afford to eat healthy. And he says, you can. You really can. You can go to a green grocer and you can buy one or two carrots. You can't do it really in the supermarkets because it's all prepackaged. Always support your local firms. And when you get, you know, somebody who'll sell you a potato. At the moment, there's shortages because of the weather um, in all sorts of vegetables. And the prices are coming in quite high at the moment. Quite high. So so check around. Uh, Steve. Uh, I remember Kay Adams, says Dolly, from her early days as a reporter. See, I don't remember that. I don't know where she came from. We used to laugh, though. I don't know why. Because every because t- somebody mentioned in, a, in an article or something that she looked like, because she had a very severe face and severe hair, which never moved at all. Um, and then she had another thing. Her husband or partner used to go on holiday with a woman producer. And and I think she was on Loose Women. It must have been years ago. I remember it vividly because it's stuck in my mind. And and somebody said to her, do you not think that's odd? Your husband going away with this woman on holiday. And she went, no. And then you could see her thinking about it, thinking, oh. So I never knew what, what the outcome was. But uh, she used to laugh cynically at others in the canteen. I, well, see, I don't know that. So I, I I never saw that at all. Never saw that at all. I just, I don't know where she came from. She must have been a reporter on Scottish television, I suppose, at some some point. Um, hard luck. She was one of the first people on the scene at Lockerbie. There you go. That's what, that's what her, her claim to fame is. One of the first people on the scene for Lockerbie. A mafia boss notorious for his... Oh, I can't mention that. It's a rude story. <laughs> Only just realised, actually. But, um, and, yes, no, I can't. But he has this thing called priapism. You'll have to look it up because I can't. I'm not doing it on the program this morning. You're now all intrigued, aren't you, as to what priapism is? It's 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 spelt exactly the way that it uh, it sounds. Priapism. <laughs> I'm not reading it. Yeah, I'm not reading it at all. I've decided. It's odd, isn't it? I've never even heard of it before. It'll be useful for somebody. Uh, TV's Nick Knowles. Sorry to mention him, but he's uh, his wife Jessica has admitted that the three-year marriage is over. She revealed she and uh, Nick got back together last year after a spin, uh, after a split, and then called it a day, and they've now decided to uh, to split. Uh, she says, we're not together. Nick said we're not together. There has to come a point for your health and happiness where you draw a line under it. They have an 18-month-old son, Eddie. I don't know how many other children uh, he has. I've got no idea. Yet I've worked with him for the best part of a year. I think I know everything about Nick Knowles that there is to uh, to know, but I love DIY SOS. It's amazing how the programme has taken off. He seems to be just the right person for uh, for actually uh, doing that sort of programme, where he can do it, uh, but it, and he can make you feel quite sad about other people's lives and other people who, who haven't had the fortune of being able to afford to do things. If you've got a disabled child in the family, you don't get this sort of stuff. So this army of people, it seems anything, up to about 30 or 40 of them, go in there, 
and change somebody's house around. So it then becomes wheelchair friendly or friendly for a severely handicapped uh, child. And uh, you can't buy that. When you see these people standing outside and some of them openly burst into tears when this family come out and go, thank you so much. We don't know what, what to say. They don't know how, how to do it. And I, I just think that's, that's a, a lovely thing to do. We do that so well. They do it in America. They do it in America. They're a little bit over the top with it. But they bring in a whole tip. They practically knock down somebody's house and build a new one for them and then hide it. They, they, they send the family away on holiday and then they bring them back. And then they have a truck in front of the house and they move the truck away. I think it's I think they all start shouting, move the truck, move the or something like that, move the lorry or whatever it is. Anyway, it moves away and there's their new house. You can see them going, wow, would that be lovely? Of course, I'd be going, what have you done with my DVDs? Where are my DVDs? Where's all my what's all my hoarding stuff? (laughs) Please. Uh, I want it. Oh, by the way, if you're in uh, Essex. uh, uh, The um, this is. National Express have sold the C2C franchise, which serves London and Essex. Uh, you're now owned by the Italians. Thought you'd be thrilled to know that. Doesn't make any difference, I don't think, to the actual thing. Uh, although Mick Cash of the RMT says it's a national scandal. Well, people think a lot of the things the RMT do are national scandals, not really enjoying the public. Uh, Steve Remanuka, honey, why is it so expensive? Um, some varieties were close to 60 quid. Yeah, the best. Because it comes from New Zealand. It can only come from New Zealand. I don't believe it comes from anywhere else. I think I'm, I'm wrong on that. But I'm, I'm pretty certain it only comes from New Zealand. And it is expensive, but it is the best. It's got, you can buy everything. You can buy uh, Manuka honey cream. You can buy tablets, Manuka honey plasters. You can buy everything. Because it's, it's the very best. It's got these properties. But if you add turmeric to it, if you're doing a bit of... If you've got the really sore throat... And believe you me, I know about sore throats. People in this business know about sore throats. It's your worst nightmare. It's the dear going like, and we've done it before. We've done it before. Uh, Steve says, Gary, I was told how turmeric's really good for you. When I cracked my ribs and was in pain, every time I coughed... And I was given a quarter teaspoon in warm milk. Well, I tell you, our, our, our thing that saved us from coughs and colds and everything was warm milk with a spoonful of whiskey in it and some sugar. Oh, that was delicious. I don't, I don't like whiskey, full stop. But in, in milk, delicious. Very good for me. Uh, Steve, uh, when we get all this heavy snow in the country, it comes to a standstill. How does a snowplough driver get to work? It's an old gag. And uh, the answer is he doesn't. Uh, we just send them out. They're all automatic now. All automatic snowplows. You push a button and there's an army that come out and they just drive down the motorway. We don't get them round London. I've never seen a snowplow round London. Perhaps they have them in Scotland. Perhaps the Cairngorms have them, but we don't have them in London. But uh, we are waiting. We are waiting. So uh, if, it, if it happens this morning before seven, I'll tell you about it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Now Ollie's complaining about what have I done to the computer. I don't know. It wasn't working when I came in. So, oh God, no. in fact, three of us kind of poured over it and we couldn't, we couldn't make it do anything. So you're right. It's, it's very bizarre this morning. Probably put a little more stress and strain on Ollie's uh, on his life. Sally says, I've got Manuka honey, 50 quid a jar. Yes, only made in New Zealand. So be careful. Only buy from well-known health shops. There are fakes out there. There are. Yes, I, I buy it from either health food shops or my chemist because they're... You know, I I would trust them, but you're right. If I saw it on sale in a market, I wouldn't be buying it. I really because you could put anything, just put a label on it saying Manuka honey. But that's why I think even in if you buy it in some of the health food shops, um, it's got a a thing under the sticker to stop you nicking it. 
Because you can imagine, at 50 quid a jar, it's worth nicking. But uh, only buy it from, from the right places. Uh, Steve, all prepared for the snow in Devon? With a bag of rock salt, a broom and shovel. Yes, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, so, I'm erring uh, on the side of caution on this one. If it happens, we will tell you. And um, and you will, well, in fact, you'll know about it probably before I actually tell you. Oh, dear. Uh, there is a very good book, Steve, called Spice Health Heroes that gives spices, health properties and some very tasty recipes, says John in Witten. If you go to the internet and type in turmeric, it'll tell you all the things that it's actually good for. I thought it was particularly good for for throats. Because we don't, we don't really do anything about our throats. We, we should do. Opera singers do. People who sing opera are constantly. I remember Michael Crawford, when he was doing Phantom of the Opera, in his dressing room, where he could relax between shows, he had a machine that pumped out uh, steam to keep the air moist. He didn't want the air going dry and affecting his voice. So he would keep that, you know, nice and moist. And in, in theory, radio presenters should do exactly the same. But luckily, we don't tend... I mean, you know, I do fall ill occasionally because of, you know, naturally ill ill times of the year. But um, but generally speaking, touch wood, I'm, I'm a bit OK. I've had the cough. I've had the sore throat. You know, when you wake up and you go, oh, my God, I've got the sore throat. I've picked that up from somebody. But I did have the flu jab. A friend of mine was off for a week. A week with this cold and, you know, people go, oh, I feel awful and that kind of stuff. So I was quite glad I had the flu jab. Apparently you can have a pneumonia jab as well. Is there nothing you could not have uh, jabs for? Talking about the dire television and the BBC's output, somebody says, um, the BBC's TV guide description of EastEnders tonight on its website sums it up. After an emotional few weeks in Walford, things look to get even worse as long-held secrets explode for some of the residents. Meanwhile, Dot worries about her cat. Thank you, Patrick. Yes, it's a, it's a, what was that uh, comedian who did that thing? He said, you know, that, uh, that nice theme tune where it goes, da 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 which translates into, some of us are going to die. You know, and that's how you look at East... But that's made you smile. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, Bill Bailey did that. And um, he'd just type in Bill Bailey, Royal Variety Performance, and he does that. Some of us are going... He said it sounds so mournful. Some of us are going to die. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Make it at Christmas. Because there's always something... They've always got to have a disaster, haven't they? Always got to have a disaster to say. Because a disaster for them is a ratings winner. I don't quite see it myself. I don't quite see it myself. But uh, I'm prepared to uh, to go with it. But I haven't watched it for ages. Uh, ex-boxer Nick Blackwell is unable to walk since waking up from a coma after returning to the ring while he was recovering from a bleed on the brain. The 26-year-old retired from boxing after suffering severe head injuries in a fight with Chris Eubank... Sorry, sorry that was me then. Chris Eubank Jr., uh, last March, which saw him in an induced coma. I seem to remember there was something with Chris Eubank wanted to go and visit him, and then they said no, they didn't want him to go, and then he did or he didn't go, I can't remember. But anyway, now he can't walk. So he's got a second brain injury. I tell you, you don't want to waste time boxing. This is not good at all, is it? Not good. Uh, the thundersnow is next, 93 mile an hour battering. I'm looking at pictures here up in Blackpool, waves lashing the famous resort. I mean, the power of the sea is never to be underestimated. Never to be underestimated. You look at it and then you get... There'll always be a picture, won't there, of somebody stupid standing on the promenade as the waves crash over the top of them. The worst thing is when it drags them out to sea and that's when you know you've lost them completely. Uh, Corrie Simon 
on miscarriage heartbreak. Uh, his wife and himself, and his wife's called Emma, have lost 11 babies. 11 babies. That's, you know, how much the storyline means to them. In real life, that's what they've actually lost. Uh, plus the undercover hairdresser who helped in the war, who we talked uh, about uh, the other day. This is, this is a lady here called Madge Addy. It was a lady who worked in the hairdressers down the road. But researchers are piecing together how she swapped a suburban Manchester salon for Nazi-occupied France to risk her life as one of Britain's top spies. See, we never knew about them, because they were secret. They were real secret, and I love things like that. Ed Sheeran has revealed he had no idea his face had been cut open when a sword prank by Princess, really working very hard on another holiday, Beatrice, went wrong. Apparently, the 25-year-old needed stitches after the princess, just a title, means nothing, uh, swung the ceremonial weapon over her shoulder, pretending to knight James Blunt. Never going to happen, darling. In your life, thank God, it's never going to happen. We really don't want things like that. Uh, another picture of Wayne Slobetta, the slob seeker. Look at the state of this person here. But um, She turned up rearing trainers and anorak and three-quarter length leisure trousers. As I say, why is she not working? I mean, is there no sort of means testing that's done on people nowadays? So when you get people who, who turn up in, in court and, uh, and you go, so they're on benefits. Yeah. Why? Why is she on benefits? I mean, surely they can get her back to to work. I mean, it can't be that. And also she could lose weight at the same time. So therefore you kill two birds with one stone. She'd be very healthy, wouldn't she? Uh, it's between, uh, says Mark, five and eight degrees in Crawley. When they report wet snow on television, it always makes me laugh. I know. There is such a thing as dry snow. If you go to the Arctic Circle, they have dry snow. Wet snow, you can make snowballs out of because it's got a lot of water crystals in it. If you go to, as I've said before, you must remember this. When we went to Kittala, inside in Luosto, the Arctic Circle, they've got dry snow. In other words, it's powdery, which means you cannot make snowballs. It does not form together. It's completely dry. It's like it's like playing with washing powder. We were terribly disappointed. Terribly disappointed. Noreen says, I'm dreading the snow. We haven't got anybody, uh, haven't got any yet. I know. I'm trying not to be the prophet of doom and worry people about how much we're going to get. All we know is that in London, I mean, in, in Scotland, they've got snow. Up in the Yorkshire Dales, there'll be snow. Any exposed areas, there'll be snow. The Trossachs will be hit by snow. They had it over, over Christmas. The Cairngorms, there'll be snow as well. In London, we're waiting for the rain to come in. It will meet the cold front and the two will collide and the cold front, which is now dropping, will turn it very cold and will turn the rain into snow. Now, whether it turns into sleet and it doesn't settle, I don't know. It depends how fast it comes down. I, I'm assuming that because London's traffic does move, albeit fairly slowly, I think that what will happen is it will come down and it will just turn to slush. I don't think... Maybe out of town you'll get some side roads. Now, if the temperature continues to drop over the next few days, then it will freeze and that will make little side roads a bit like a skid patch. So uh, you have been warned. I'm only mentioning it now just in case it does, it does get that. Nigel says, I remember you taking your medication on air and doing the gargling. Oh, it was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I can remember if, you know... I have got a cough button in the studio, which I can sort of push every so often, which gives me a, a sort of breather for sort of coughing. But I couldn't stop the coughing. It was a nightmare. Absolutely a nightmare. It's terrible. Um, what else we got? Uh, the brothers Cohen are out west. And uh, Madonna, in another one of her sort of attention-seeking outfits, is wearing Basque and push-up bra. Uh, I mean, 
I'm, I'm really not bothered about um, about Madonna, but she's having a veil of a time, and it's for a fashion feature. I suppose really inside, you know, she was complaining the other day, wasn't she, that we always criticise her. I don't. But uh, people criticise her for having younger lovers. I thought, well, good on you if you can get them. But just remember, dear, they're not going with you for your looks. They're going with you because you're Madonna. You're famous. You have the attraction. And it's like a magnet. News at six coming up very quickly. Uh, the coma boxer who returned to the ring. Now he can't walk. Good indication for people not to, uh, to take up boxing. The NHS at war with Theresa May. The stores openly flouting the law on vaping to make a quick sale. To, they don't care who they sell it to. Luckily, many of them are good, but there's a few who are very naughty and they found them in the papers. Uh, William Prince tells grieving children, I lost my mummy too, just in case they weren't aware of it. Uh, let's get ready for the heavy snow. A bit like let's get ready to rumba, I suppose. Uh, the flat wine bottle that now fits through your letterbox. I mean, that has got to be so desperate, hasn't it, really? Can we please bring back the road fund licence disc? It makes it so much easier. The tunnel under Stonehenge and Naughty Robbie's management. Ripping off fans, they say, over ticket sales. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday. Can't believe it's Thursday. Can't believe it's the 12th of January, but I promise you it is are we going to get snow? You've just heard with J. Louise Knight that uh, up in Moray and uh, over Scotland, they've got snow. Because the temperature has plummeted, it's going to lead to all sorts of problems on the roads. There will be accidents. I mean, I tend to find that if you're in some of these outlying districts where it is bitterly cold, you know, and you don't see anybody for miles. And we know there are people who live up there and they'll, they'll write into us. And they go, I haven't seen anybody for ages. And that's what it's like. So you can imagine how isolated and how cut off you can be. Uh, down here, we're just waiting to see. If you are, my, my advice to you this morning, and you've probably heard it already, is if the snow arrives, they will be cancelling flights. So if you're taking off today from an airport in the UK, why not just go onto their website and see what they're saying at the moment? Because if the snow comes down, and I only say if because I don't know any more than the Met Office. They've, they've looked at the plans and they've looked at the... Uh, at all the satellite stuff, and it looks like it's coming in. So what you have to do is check your flight's operating, because the one thing you don't want to do is make a long journey down to get to an airport, sit there with the kids, or whoever it happens to be, going, well, we didn't check, did we? You must check beforehand, because there's a chance that your flights might be cancelled. Are we on to another day of a southern cancelling trains, or are we, we finished the southern cancellation? The strike's off, but there are still some cancellations, and I believe they put another three days in of cancellations. Another strike tomorrow. Oh, God, I feel so much sympathy for you. Kevin the Milkman says, word from the street. No snow yet. He said, I'm not looking forward to the snow if it arrives. The standard of some people's driving is awful. From lunatics racing around to the petrified drivers who really should have left the cars at home. 30 plus years ago, when I was a younger milkman, I looked upon it as a challenge. It's not repeatable what I say about it now. Good job I've got a diesel milk float with a heater. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's, it's the driving of some people. You know, and also, bearing in mind, a lot of people who've perhaps never driven in snow before. Because there is an art to it. Do you remember I told you a few years ago, the snow came down in, in Twickenham. And at the time I was coming out in the morning, my, my driver, I don't think he'd ever seen snow. And we sort of, he sort of puts his foot down. The wheels are spinning. We get up to the station. And the bit from the station, just, it just drops down like a little hill. But, I mean, it's, it's only like, you know, 100 feet long. And we started sliding because he didn't think to slow down and go down it very slowly because the snow was so new that it was our very own skid patch. And I remember one of the one of the poor producers, Kevin, uh, lived a bit further on from me in Teddington. The car couldn't even get to him. 
That's how bad it was. So you have to accept the fact that some people cannot drive in snow. So, you know, if it comes down, it comes down heavy, which it might. If you're up in Scotland, you've already got it. So, you know, you know what's going to happen down here. We haven't got anything as yet. Apart from turmeric, you can take loads of other things, says Mehmet. Zinc gluconate tablets, which reduce the chance of getting flu. Well, I, I tend to find, actually, that, um, that, that, that flu jab kind of works for me now. It didn't work for a couple of years, but uh, now I'm sort of I'm getting used to it. Uh, still, says Pat, you're way too young for the pneumonia jab and the shingles jab. Both can be given after the 70th birthday. Oh, way too young for things like that. Way too young. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, you could take a capsule of, uh, of turmeric, organic tur- turmeric, with, uh, with breakfast. But I, I was just taking it as a powder and, uh, and I was just putting it into, into the Manuka honey which seemed to work, with a sort of making a hot a hot toddy and sipping that throughout the programme. God, it was a pain. It really was. Does aircon hurt your throat, says Mark? Yes, it does make it. And also aircon, um, you know, much as I live in aircon and I love aircon, um, it can pass germs through the system. So in other words, you know, you can guarantee if somebody's got flu or a cold, other people are going are gonna to get it. And that's what you've got to watch out. If I, if I discover anybody who sounds remotely ill, I try and avoid them in the office. I mean, I don't, I don't make a big deal about it because, you know, you're just prone to catching uh, different bits and pieces. Uh, what have we got here? We've got uh, the junk haul of a cheat, a worker who fleeced bosses uh, out of £370,000. Woo! My God, we had a woman the other day cheated a petrol station. Was it Aldi or uh, something like that, Asda or something, out of 400-odd thousand pounds? This is a woman here who spent the money on uh, cheap jewellery from shopping channels. Most of it is cheap jewellery on shopping channels. There's nothing really too too flashy about it at all. And uh, she gave some of her haul to charity shops and hoarded the rest. Uh, she paid false expenses claims to herself over nine years while working at the uh, at the flooring firm. So she she cheated three hundred and seventy thousand quid, and all she gets is a is a suspended jail sentence and unpaid work. <laughs> There's no deterrent is in this country for thieving. You know, you 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 could rob the next door neighbours and go. Oh, I had a very bad childhood, you know. And the chances are you'd probably get off, and they'd probably give you a holiday or something in the Bahamas. But uh, that's it. The judge said she fell prey to a lonely life. Oh God, help us! God save me from uh, from those sort of judges. I'm looking for hang 'em and flog 'em people. That's what I'm looking for. Somebody, you steal £370,000. We're taking everything from you. Simple as that. Here's the head teacher who kept a seven-foot boa constrictor and a tarantula, the Reverend Chris Oakley. What sort of reverend he is, I do not know. This was at a private school. The regulator said other pets were also kept to enhance the work of the school, uh, giving an inadequate rating to Luton Pentecostal Church Christian Academy in Bedfordshire. Ofsted said the proprietor has not ensured all necessary risk assessments are carried out. For example, a seven-foot boa constrictor and a number of tarantulas are kept in the principal's office. No risk assessment uh, has been made to ensure keeping such animals in school do not pose a threat. They've got 58 pupils aged 3 to 13. Ofsted said the leaders were deeply committed to improvements... And uh, somebody from Christian Concern said the head's office is away from the pupils and that a risk assessment has since found no safety issues. I wouldn't want to be in a school, would you, really? Well, they've got a seven-foot boa constrictor. Oh, look, boa constrictor. Don't do your sums properly. (laughs) 
That's it. Uh, Henry VIII was well known for his lavish banquets. Well, look at the size of the poor bloke. It's now been revealed how much of the uh, monarch forked out on food and booze. A year on meat, three and a half million pounds. Must have been feeding the 5,000. He washed it down with six million pounds worth of beer. A divorce deal with wife number four cost him 30 million. Small wonder he managed to get most of them beheaded. It was a lot easier and cheaper, I should imagine. But uh, it wasn't just uh, the parties. This uh, Anne of Cleves in 1540... Uh, cost him thirty million. Uh, she got Hever Castle in Kent and other assets. His banquets featured all sorts of unusual dishes, such as grilled beavers' tails and whale flesh. But there were also the more familiar dishes of pork, beef, and venison. His food bill dwarfs the one point four million our current queen spent a year on dining, and he was not the only king to splash out. Edward the First spent three quarters of his treasury's annual income to build. Uh, Beaumaris Castle on Anglesey in the, in the 1290s. Wow. And William the Conqueror constructed 500 castles in the first 20 years of his rule at a cost of about £115.2 million today. Castles were cheap. I'd have loved Imagine living in a castle. There's one that came up a short while ago. It's on an island. And uh, so I had a quick check on it because it seemed, seemed about the right price. You never get to it. If you've got rough seas, there's no chance of getting there at all. You'd have to sit there and wait. And um, and it looked like an absolute dump inside. It was only about six, seven hundred thousand pounds, but you know, whatever. Uh, I'd love to have met Henry VIII. He would have been a very good guest for in conversation. A very, very good guest. Uh, the toothpaste scammer is feeling the the squeeze. I love Penman Investigates. I love these things here. And this is a Polish wide boy called Piotr Kazabuski, who's ordered, who's ordered, if you please, Penman to take down his stories exposing his white-time tooth-whitening scam. Despite being billed as free-try offers, victims who gave their credit card details to cover postage then say they suffered repeated unauthorised deductions. One reader told me in September 2014, when I complained after they took two payments of £99.99, they promised me a refund but helped themselves to two further payments. So if, it's, if, it's, if somebody says it's free, OK... That means free. There is only one interpretation of free. Not free, you give me your credit card details. Do not fall for anything at all that says give me your credit card details because at some point they're going to rip you off. Okay, so just be very, very careful. Very, very careful. There's also more. I think the same bloke is operating something else, uh, which is one of these vaping. Just listen, if you have to give your credit card details for something that is free, don't touch it with a barge pole. Okay. Just, I'll just tell you that now because it saves any sort of hassle a little bit, uh, little bit later on. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we've got uh, the gutter snipe checks into jail. This is a rogue trader, Thomas Brown, and an accomplice. Uh, he's, he's one of those who goes around going, uh, your gutters need doing. And, of course, they didn't need doing. He was just a con artist, but uh, into prison. So there you go. He, uh, uh, this one here, Thomas Brown, got 45 weeks in prison, I think, which is quite good. Uh, when she saw they had no equipment, the woman here, uh, and agreed to pay £28 for their trouble, he then gave the cheque to his friend, Tracy, who paid it into her account, made out for £6,600, which works out at £444 per minute for the gutter work. The fraud was uncovered when the cheque subsequently bounced. Uh, Brown, who's from Braintree in Essex and already has 22 convictions, because he's obviously one of those crooks, isn't he? You get, luckily, you could give you his picture of the paper, so you know what he looks like. Makes it easy, doesn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. There's, a, there's a, a thing in the paper today. Now, years and years ago, 
And in this particular building, it was very interesting because if I say the word timeshare, you know exactly what it is. This is where you go in and here in Leicester Square, the other side, different building because they've knocked it down and built something completely different, was um, a timeshare company. And what they would do is they would write to people. And I know because I used to watch queues of people there every day and they would say, you've won um, a boat or a clock. Or The boat turned out to be four planks with plastic stapled in there with a small motor which was roughly akin to sort of a hairdryer but working the opposite way and you would go in there but to qualify for your free prize you had to listen to a timeshare presentation and so but these people didn't know that they went in there and if you remember Edward Heath was written to and they said you've actually won a car but it was a timeshare thing and he went in there and he took them to court he wanted the car I'm not listening to your timeshare gubbins and anyway for a brief moment timeshare was very popular in this country. I don't think people touch it now. I think people stay well away from it. Because people approach you when you go on holiday and they go, listen, we've got a new block of flats here. How would you like to buy a holiday for £3,000 for the rest of your life or whatever it is? So what you're basically doing, there'll be about uh, 60 of you who own one flat. That's how it would work. And so you would have, you know, March the 1st to the 15th in the same resort year in, year out with a load of people you've never met before who also own a 60th of that flat that you think you own. And to be honest with you, it all started getting a bit out of hand and people trying to get out of it. So um, I'm fascinated that they now tell me that there's a recent court ruling for timeshare compensation. And so there's a whole advert in, in a paper today and they say, were you missold a timeshare? And, and they ask you questions like, were you told that your purchase was an investment and would increase in value? And so they ask you various questions like, you know, all these sort of compensation firms. And it says, find out if you have grounds to terminate your contract. And if you qualify to make a claim, we will only act if we're 100 percent confident. But just supposing the company who originally did this to put themselves into bankruptcy, where does your money come from? It doesn't come from anywhere because you're just one person who owns money. So I'm assuming you'd have to find all the people who have got different weeks of the year in that place to find out if you could get your compensation back again. And then you can speak to a, a claims advisor. And I'm, I was trying to work out in my mind how that works. Because I didn't think that we did timeshare him. I thought that people shied well away from it because it was you were kind of stuck with something. And then people say, oh, I was... It was almost like pressure selling. They did do pressure selling. And they did it, they did it very well. It was like the, the, the mock auctions we used to have in and around London. Advertised... In national newspapers, you know, a laptop, a pound, you know, cutlery, penny, all, all these sort of stupid things to get people in there. And basically it was rip off time. And I always thought that timeshare was a rip off. How they get you compensation. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I'd quite like to find out if anybody's ever been through that before and managed to get compensation back for your timeshare. So in other words, the 3000 quid you paid and can go up to like 20-odd thousand pounds. It can be terribly expensive just for you to have two weeks or three weeks, whatever you bought, in a particular property. But they did it over here, one of the many timeshare places, to try and get... I would never do that. And what they would say is, they were very clever. If you would go, well, listen, I need to go home and talk to the wife about it. They'd go, listen, the offer is only on for... I'll have a word with my manager. Listen, they, they've reduced it from 12,000 to 8,000 pounds. And that's what they would do. And we've seen these people done on the television where Matt Allwright wanders through somebody's window and goes, gotcha. And the person goes, oh, well, I was only trying to sell her a fire extinguisher. She doesn't want one. She's 97. 
Just want a fire extinguisher. And it was also, you were selling it for £1,000. Well, it's one of the very best fire extinguishers, you know, just in case of a fire or something. Go away, horrible little thief. You get these people who try and sort of cheat people. It's like, you know, the other ones we have, which have just been done on the television recently. Come and have your beautiful portrait taken and we make you look all glamorous. And, uh, and then you go, that's lovely. Um, and I'll think about it. Well, no, you, you can only buy them today. Otherwise, we just destroy the pictures. What? Yeah, you have to buy this today. We, we could do you a special offer today. It's high pressure selling. High pressure selling to have a picture of you sort of, you know, done in sepia in a, in a photography thing. You see the girls queuing up for this thing. You've been selected because you've got model looks. Yeah, a bit like, you know, Lego. You know, nothing particularly exciting. And so you've got to be careful. You've got to be aware. But people fall for it. That's why they all operate. The bloke who I told you about, I was never tempted by timeshare. Never, ever. Imagine going to the same resort year in, year out, and sort of, who's, so you have to pay for the upkeep of the apartment. Just supposing the people before you are, are, are coke dealers or something. I don't know. I don't know who these people are. Nobody vets them. They just flog it to anybody. And so an apartment that was worth probably about 30 grand all of a sudden was worth 400 grand. Even more when they were selling these things. So, and who wants to go back to the same resort? Full of naff people like yourself. Why would you want to go? You'd want to go somewhere up market, wouldn't you? Where, where'd you go? We go to uh, Estepona. Do you? What, what, what was good about Estepona? Nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, right. Why'd you go there? Timeshare. Nowadays, nobody... You used to get the people walking on the promenades abroad. I know, because I know somebody used to do it. I said, how, how successful were you? He said, quite successful. He said, what you would do is you'd stand outside the apartment block. People would come past you and say, listen, don't, don't come, come and see the apartment. And, of course, you'd think that would be yours. But you own tiddly, tiddly bit. In it, there's loads of you sharing it. You've got to rely on the fact that they're going to keep having people who are going to maintain it and look after it, and eventually it's just going to go and collapse. So if people get compensation, that I would be very interested in, very interested in. Uh, Meghan Markle has apparently the world's most alluring eyes. Who says so? Somebody who I've never heard of before. It's one of these surveys. You know when they do a survey and they, they, it's, it's so the company can get themselves. They got, uh, you know, so have you examined her eyes? Yes, that's why she's got an allure for Prince Harry. No, I don't think her eyes are the allure for Prince Harry. <laughs> don't want to state the patently obvious. But, uh, you know, come on. Is, are they going to get engaged this year? I'm still saying no. I'm still saying no. I'm, I'm going to stick to that one. It'll stop. And I'll tell you why it'll stop. A, because Harry will be bored with doing all the flying. And, uh, and secondly... I think it'll be a case of uh, he's just he's bored with it. He'll just find somebody else and he'll blame the press. You know, the press intrusion uh, that, in fact, uh, ruined their relation. I bet you I'm prepared to I'm prepared to put a shilling on it. There you go. I'm that risky. A shilling on the fact that they won't get married. The relationship will split up and he'll find somebody in this country. He'll go out to some do and somebody go. Hello, sweet cheeks. And of course, you know that they're opening the strip bar in Windsor. I bet you can't wait. I bet if they send him a free card, you know, with Harry written on it, you know, come in free any time, get your free lap dance. He'll be there. He likes things like that. Why not? Normal, healthy, red-blooded, red-headed male. You know, he'd like something like that. But I, I think the, the reason that they, they will split up, I'm going to be wrong, because Camilla Tomine has said they're, they're, they're going to be, but she's, she, even she's erring a bit. Because I said you can't do long-distance relationships. She's either going to move here... Because I know friends of mine who've tried long-distance relationships with people here and people in Austria, and it just doesn't work. You can't do it. It's too expensive. Keep flight. It's fine for the first few months, but then eventually... You so, and he's only been going a few months. So unless he's going to move to Canada, I think he wants to go and live in Africa. I think we want him to go and live in Africa, don't we? Harry saves the elephants. 
and the boa constrictors and the alligators and everything else and takes Megan with him and she's going, do we have to stay here long? Um, yeah, I've, I've decided to live out here. I don't like it out here. There's all these noises at night. Can't, can't we go live in a castle? You say your grandmother has a castle? Can we go there? Can we go to the castle? Please let us go to the castle! And then, of course, it'll fall apart. And then he'll go, press intrusion. And we'll all go, oh, sorry about that. And Harry will then move into his 34th year and still be single. Uh, still to come, I'm going um, to appeal to you. As only I can appeal to you. I want your help again for this NHS campaign, which Nick Ferrari started a couple of days ago. I mentioned it yesterday. And uh, we're moving onwards and upwards. But we need, we need a load more. Need a load more signatures. I'll tell you how you get around to doing it. To other side of the news, when we'll go through the front pages of the papers. There's Trump stories. There's stories about Coronation Street Simon. Uh, him and his wife have lost 11 babies. And they're running a storyline about that in Coronation Street at the moment. So that's why it's very apropos. Uh, Donald Trump saying he doesn't use hookers. You, seriously, you can't make this up, can you? Have you noticed that most people... I mean, the only person who's untouched by this is Obama and his gorgeous wife, Michelle, who should have stood... You know, she'd have wiped the floor with Hillary Clinton. You know, Clinton, dirty boy. You know, all these people have got history. And now Trump appears to have some sort of history. But he doesn't use uh, hookers because they're dirty. I mean, seriously, you can't make it up, can you? You really can't. So we don't. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It is nice to have your company. Seriously, whether it snows or not today, it's still nice to have your company. Coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast, 7 o'clock this morning. Nick has the latest reaction from Donald Trump's first press conference since being elected president. Do you agree that Trump's relationship with Putin is an asset rather than a liability? As Germany sees a huge drop in asylum seekers, Nick asks if the wave across Europe is over. I don't know, they're building uh, more and more camps, aren't they? I think they're, they're back down in, in, uh, in uh, France again, in Calais. And black cab drivers have lashed out over proposals to slash overnight fares in a bid to encourage more business. It's all coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Now, this is where I need your help. Uh, if you're a new listener... Well, then uh, you won't have heard this before unless you were listening to Nick Ferrari yesterday, because the NHS campaign that we're currently fighting for is called Nick Ferrari's Gems, which is guard our emergency medical services. Uh, what it is basically is a campaign uh, for it to be a specific offence to attack a doctor, a nurse or a paramedic in the same way it is to attack a police officer. It's already a specific law in Scotland and we want to make it one in England. Last year, 193 attacks on NHS staff every day. That's every day. That's about 70,500 attacks in the course of a year. At the moment, <coughs> excuse me, if a doctor or nurse is attacked, it's treated in the same way by the law as if it was you or I being attacked. This campaign would make it a more serious offence and bring it in line with how attacks on police officers are dealt with which is something I'm sure you would want to agree with. If you want to go to A&E, you want to see a doctor or call an ambulance out, you want to make sure they're going to get you in time or they're going to go and see you when you're actually going into hospital without somebody, you know, letting rip and throwing things and attacking people. That we don't want. So if you would like to help us out and yourself at the same time, you can sign our petition at LBC dot co dot uk lbc dot co dot uk if we get a hundred thousand 
the government has to consider a debate in Parliament. So that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming to get 100,000. And so that's why I'm saying if you've got a couple of minutes now, it'll take you but seconds to do, I promise you. And, and it, can, it can make such a difference to these 70,000 people who get attacked every year for no reason. They're just doing their job. They're just doing their job. So lbc.co.uk and uh, you can sign that. It doesn't it takes seconds. And uh, I thank you in advance. Harry seems to be Steve, the bad boy of the royal family. William seems more tame. Likes the ladies. Uh, I don't think he'll stay with, with Markle. I don't think he will. I, th- I mean, you know, why would he want to settle down? He's enjoyed playing the field for all these years. If he was a settling down type, like, you know, William didn't have loads of girlfriends before he found uh, Kate. Would you consider having Paul Bowhill on from Can't Pay, Won't Pay on In Conversation? No. And I'll tell you for why. Because he's not a celebrity. You know, uh, the, the people who appear on, on In Conversation are uh, celebrities. He's, uh, much though I adore Paul Bowhill and I love the programme. You know how much I like the programme. Uh, I couldn't put him on there because he's not a celebrity. You know, a, a celebrity has got to be somebody who's instantly recognisable. I know he, he probably is, but he doesn't fit into the category of the, of the people I put on the, the programme. Mark in Bromsgrove says, don't you think all this talk about the snow is scaremongering? It happens every year and every year it never happens. I don't, why would I, well, I, I sort of, I analysed that when I saw it and I thought, why would it be scaremongering? What's, what's the point? Who are you scaremongering? You're not scaremongering anybody at all. I'm not frightened by a bit of snow. I'm really not. So, and especially if, if, if we go by yours and says it's, uh, you know, it, it never happens. I think it will happen. The Met Office have got all their maps and they've had a look at all their satellite tracking and the rain's coming in today. And the cold front, I don't know what temperature we're down to at the moment, but I should imagine it's getting pretty chilly. Pretty chilly out there. And that's when it will change. That's when it changes the rain into snow. It's because of the uh, one, one temperature hitting another and it'll turn it into snow. So it'll come in this morning. And then I think by this afternoon, you'll see snow showers. Whether it settles is, you know, is, is sort of perhaps something that, that means it won't happen because the ground's a little bit warmer. Uh, Julie says, I think you can have the pneumonia jab because you're diabetic. I've had it. It's a one-off for life. I'm asthmatic and diabetic. Oh, there's nothing worse than showing off. I hate people who show off. As- asthmatic and diabetic. Well, poo sticks. I've decided I'm not competing with that. I've never had the pneumonia jab. They've never mentioned it. So, uh, but this year I, I have been around people who do have colds and wheezes and sneezes. If I'm next to anybody on the bus and they start coughing violently, I am inclined to move. Or failing that, put my handkerchief over my mouth. <laughs> Sounds a bit dramatic, doesn't it? But I just don't want to. I don't want to come down with anything. Thank you very much indeed. If only so that you know I can spare you another presenter on this program, and so that you wake up in the morning and. You know, there might be somebody you don't know sitting here and I don't want you to think, oh, God, where is he? And somebody says, oh, stricken by the cold he was, you know. My friend Graham was up in bed for a week. A week. He's of that age, though. You know, when you get to a certain age, you do end up, you know, staying in bed for... I couldn't stay in bed. It'd drive me mad. I've sat on the settee before now, nursing, nursing all my medication and everything else, coughing and wheezing, thinking, make it stop. Oh, there's a nice picture of Stonehenge. It is interesting, isn't it? Why can't they just rebuild it, make it look interesting? OK, front pages of the papers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Daily Mirror, Trump, dirty dossier, Brit named, former MI6 spy, holed up in safe house after he's unmasked as report author. Corey Simon, uh, the actor revealing the heartache, as uh, he's... Uh, they, they've, they've lost 11 babies, him and, his, uh, him and his wife, so he's told that that's sad... 
Sad, sad story. Uh, plus, daylight robbery. You get your head round that one. That's uh, that's Robbie. Robbie Williams' own managers place tickets on resale sites at vastly inflated prices. Apparently, some show on the television says tickets for the Stars 2017 Heavy Entertainment Stadium tour cost up to £65 more on Get Me In and Seatwave than similar seats on Ticketmaster. uh, A spokesman for Robbie Williams declined to comment to the Mirror. I mean, that would be a bit naughty, wouldn't it, if they'd done something like that? It's purely purely for profit, isn't it? And, uh, I don't know, I wonder if they did the same for Bross. (laughs) Tempted to say I don't think so. Uh, The Sun this morning, Rolf groped disabled blind girl. Uh, Rolf Harris back on trial. The NHS at war with Theresa May. And uh, the other one here, which is... Oh, the Gales battering the UK, 130 mile an hour. Well, so far we haven't seen any of this in London. I can always tell because I look at the trees. If they start moving towards the building, I'll start getting a little bit scared. But they say the blizzards will strike today. The Cairngorms, the gritters have been out in Nuneaton. A trampoline was left stuck in overhead railway cables. Why don't people chain this stuff down? That make, I had a dream about chaining a bicycle up to a lamppost the other day. I've got to stop eating before bed. It's ridiculous. Over in Bradford, blown over trees and stuff like that. I always look at lovely houses. You know when you go and you look for houses? If they've got a big tree in front of them, I always think, oh, if that fell on the house, you'd lose the house. Uh, another one here. The immigration minister humiliated yesterday after number 10 dumped a plan to charge firms £1,000 for every EU worker they bring in after Brexit. Uh, here's um, Donald Trump. The good news is that Charlotte Church will not be singing at the inauguration. Music lovers everywhere, you can rejoice. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's OK for everybody else. Uh, the Daily Star this morning. Corrie stars agony over losing 11 babies. This is Simon Gregson. Donald Trump telling you that he doesn't use hookers. Well, there's a relief for everybody. There's a relief. And battered Britain is chillier. Speaking of redheads... Says Kevin the Milkman, which we were earlier on. We like redheads. Or strawberry blondes, as many of them prefer to be called. No, no, whatever. Uh, the world has a new redhead today. My redheaded son, William, and his partner, Natalie, have uh, have given birth to my first grandson in Princess Alexandra Hospital in Harlow. He says, so now it's pipe and slippers for me. I think you've moved into those into, the, into that twilight year, Kevin, where it is pipes and uh, pipes and slippers. Nothing the matter with pipes and slippers. Not for me, of course, but I do have quite a few pairs of slippers. Isn't that odd? Why would I have slippers? You know, I, I could be one of these people going out with my hair in curlers if I could find enough hair to wrap round a curler and go out in my pajamas, go shopping in a in a supermarket. But I don't, I don't wear pajamas. So there's a little treat for many of you. Try and visualise that one. So, uh, Kevin, well done, but you're right, it is, it's pipe and slippers for you. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, James says, and uh, you or one of your listeners quite rightly pointed out how bad people's driving becomes in the cold, icy weather. That's what Kevin did. Kevin said that. So many accidents and investigations get reported by the traffic team on LBC uh, on a normal weather day, so it's good for you to remind everyone to be extra vigilant. Oh, I'm very good, James. I know exactly how I earn my money nowadays. So, uh, yes, I always tell people that. If you're going out there, bear in mind, it's not you. It's not your fault if an accident. It'll be somebody else. But the trouble is, whilst they're out there on the uh, on the road, and in Belfast, signed Nick's uh, petition. Thank you very much indeed. And um, and somebody said, little Julie says, uh, I don't think Felton will get snow. I think Twickenham is far more likely. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. 
I'm genuinely excited about seeing it, if, if indeed it, it does actually arrive. But, uh, of course, if it doesn't arrive, I'm not going to make a big song and dance about it tomorrow. Uh, I have a timeshare, says Stuart, and used it in seven different resorts in different countries. We love it. There you go. There you go. Mark in Birmingham says, you should have Paul from Can't Pay Work. But no, he's not a celebrity. Not a celebrity. And also, he can't talk about any of the cases because, that, you know, only the ones that are done on the television. So I know that they've got two million viewers, but it, it doesn't kind, kind of qualify. You know, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Paul Bowhill. Doesn't kind of work, does it really? Julie Andrews, Paul Bowhill. You know, it's not working, is it? Um, Tom Daly, Paul Bowhill. No, it's not working. Not working. Nice pro. I love the programme. Don't get me wrong. I love the programme. I think it's great. I love it when people come around and knock on the door. Hello. <laughs> Got an hour to get out. OK, from now. OK, I'll get you scared. Don't stand here arguing. We're high court enforcers. Got a writ. OK. Well, I never got it. Well, you've got an hour to get out. OK, off you go. Start moving now. You know, generally speaking, they, they've kind of reached the end of their tether. But nobody once has ever said, turn those cameras off. Isn't that funny? I've never heard anybody say that on the programme because they probably realise that they'd be arguing with, uh, with a man who knows what he's doing for his job. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Angie says, uh, which... Uh, newspaper are the Henry VIII details in. Uh, it's in the Mirror today. It's uh, it's a programme. It's called uh, Castles, Britain's Fortified History, which starts tonight at 8pm on the Yesterday channel. So, uh, so you can learn more, because apparently Henry VIII is a school project. How exciting. Very nice indeed. So that's where it is. It's in the Mirror today. Uh, Will Guyot, look at heavens above, you can't still be awake, honestly. He was only with Darren Adam earlier on. He says uh, it's about 13 degrees in Bristol at the moment. Almost T-shirt weather. Oh, please don't. Please don't do T-shirts. It's so un- Do you know, I don't, at one time, I used to possess loads and loads of T-shirts. I don't possess any T-shirts at all now. I've obviously got to that, that stage where I'm just, I can't be bothered to wear a T-shirt. So you wear a T-shirt. See, I've never wore... I mean, I did wear them years ago. It's like people who wear T-shirts with logos on the front. Generally, DJs who work for rock stations always go... You know, they ne- they'll never wear a white T-shirt because that's not kind of cool. They'll have to have something like Death Leopard on the front or Murder. It'll be something like that with sort of dripping blood from a, a cougar's eyes or something. Uh, Steve, snow in Feltham. Imagine that scene on next year's Christmas card, says Andrew in Shepherd's Bush. Uh, I like that, actually. Uh, Dave has been watching the can't pay, won't take it. I love it. I love hearing the excuses from all the people. I mean, I do derive great, great pleasure from that programme. I wish I mean, if they do a version of, um, of, of that on DVD. I wonder. Uh, Hillary says, have you seen there's another version called uh, The Sheriffs Are Coming? It's not nearly as good and they frequently get asked to turn the cameras off. Oh, I wouldn't be interested in that. I'm only interested in the paper, people it nearly turns into fisticuffs. I like that. Uh, somebody says, I've just signed Nick Ferrari's petition, but love your show, Steve. Bless your heart. And, uh, and Maddie says, my son Robert has beautiful red hair, which he calls African Sunset. Another deluded one. African Sunset. <laughs> African Sunset. The producer likes that one. That's gone down big time with him today. Uh, the Daily Mail, as you've got uh, five, eight minutes to seven. I'm only telling you that now. I'm not particularly bothered about normally telling you the time. But in case you're sort of worrying about it, then that's why I'm, I'm telling you to be a nice person. Uh, the definitive diet pullout inside, the best bits of every diet. Somebody's obviously tried to come up with some new way of doing it. The Tom Daly one looks very good. If you follow Tom's advice, you don't need to buy anything special. You can make, make this food. 
You can make it. You can even have a fry-up for breakfast. You've just got to stick to it. Got to stick to it. You know, he's, he's telling you how he does it. He doesn't have any trainers in there. There's just him. This is what he does. Trump rocked by British spy, ex-MI6 officer, reports sensational claims he was filmed in a Moscow hotel room watching prostitutes' sordid sex act. You see, you kind of... I quite... I kind of gravitate to that story because they go, prostitute sordid sex act. What, different from the normal sex act? Is this, what do they do, hang from the chandelier or something? I mean, how does that one work? Uh, the must-have mixed-up mutts, and here they all are. This is the uh, Jacka Chihuahua. Um, the Golden Doodle, which is a golden retriever and a poodle. A Shorky is a Shih Tzu and a Yorkshire Terrier. A Cockapoo. <laughs> Sounds a bit bad, doesn't it? A Cocker Spaniel and a Poodle. A Cavapo, a Cavalier King, Charles Spaniel and Poodle. A Puggle, a Pug and a Beagle. Labradoodle, the Labrador and the Poodle. A Sprocker, the Springer Spaniel and the uh, Cocker Spaniel. And the Multipoo, which is a Maltese and a Poodle. And which one looks the prettiest in the pictures? It's number six, which is... What's that? No, it's, is that six or G? Oh, no, that's, that's, uh, doesn't tell you which one it is. Number six... That's a cockapoo, is it? Oh, that's quite cute. In fact, actually, they all look quite cute. <laughs> I'm not planning on getting a dog anytime soon, but I have to be honest, the mail today have got the best pictures on the uh, on the uh, the paper. The Express this morning. Gales blast Britain. Now get ready for heavy snow. Whether or not you think it's scaremongering, I'm here to tell you that the rain is moving in, and as the temperature drops, that's when it turns to snow. I can only tell you how it works in meteorological terms. Whether or not we get really bad snow, as opposed to just a light dusting, I don't know. It depends how much rain's coming in. Uh, plus, inside the Express today, the best way is to enjoy a good night's sleep. There you go. Not, not that I'm advising you to read that. I don't want anybody sleeping on my watch. Uh, Prince William talking to uh, a girl in Stratford in East London yesterday talking about, you know, children who've lost their parents. And William says um, that he was very angry over his mother's death. But, you know, he can't really go against what his father says, isn't he? And his father didn't really have too much to do with it because his father was having the affair with somebody else. So he wasn't, he wasn't particularly bothered about Diana. Arthritis, how to beat the pain and uh, follow the tips in Killer Cold, the elderly are told. Um, they've said here, wait a minute... So, in the major cause of death in the elderly, uh, it's respiratory and cardiac problems. Uh, the body produces more urine, so what you should do is follow a few basic tips. Drink plenty of fluids, not allow used rooms to drop below 20 centigrade, avoid going out and wrap up well. And so, that's what I've said. If you've got an elderly person who lives in, near you, just check on them. Just make sure they're OK. You know, if they, they need some soup, take some soup round. Depends how bad it gets, doesn't it? I mean, just, you know, we just have to think. We're very good at doing loads of things, but sometimes we forget the thing that's on our very doorstep, like going to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and, uh, and signing that petition. Take your seconds. Take your seconds. Financial Times, Trump lashes out at media and spy agencies over Russia dossier. Uh, front page of The Telegraph, which is um, married but best friends too, Celia Walden. Giles Brandreth and Ben Fogel, love all of them. And Bake Off's Nadia, The Secret Lives of Women Like Me. What, women who bake? I don't know. A stretch of yoga can beat back pain. And uh, the NHS chief in the battle with number 10. Trump defiant over MI6 officer fearing a Moscow retribution. Uh, the foreign aid officials, too politically correct to stop the cash handouts being lost to fraud. Apparently we lose, you know, I mean, we hand out £200 million every year 
in aid by direct cash payments in 28 countries. There are, of course, problems that most of it is just thieved by people and it never gets to where it's supposed to be going. Um, why they don't just stop it, I've got no idea. Some of the countries we actually give aid to are richer than we are. Why am God's it? What are you hoping for? Another free Christmas tree or something? Uh, Trump tells spy chiefs you're acting like Nazis. Rosemary Connolly is 70. Wow. Rosemary Connolly. There was, a, there was an industry that, uh, that started some years ago, and I was happy to be in at the beginning of it. Uh, the, the Bank of England has serious concerns about ballooning levels of consumer borrowing, which have grown at the fastest pace in 11 years. Hopes for, for Cyprus reunification. Boris Johnson has flown in and snow sweeps in. Plus, black victims of fraud are more than twice as likely to be denied a refund by their bank than white customers. That's according to a survey of 1,300 complainants. Sure, that one will be picked up by uh, by somebody later on today. And the I, President-elect denies that Russia holds compromising material. Disgraceful that intelligence agencies let out false information. The vaccine victims demanding inquiry. And the storm bringing chaos and the big chill on the way. You're going to be freezing today. That's what they've said. And if it freezes... Oh, The Guardian. Forgot to do The Guardian. I'm so sorry. Uh, fake news. Trump fights uh, back over the Russia claims. May's claims on funding. Stretching it. And also the perfect mulligatawny soup. I've never had mulligatawny soup and I really don't want it. But I am enjoying um, quite a number of soups at the moment. <laughs> Unfortunately, with soup comes bread. And with bread comes butter. And with butter and bread comes dunking it in the soup. But uh, it does taste so delicious. There's something about it. I can't quite put my finger on it. Listen, have a fantastic day. We'll keep um, fingers crossed, shall we, about the snow. We'll try and... Try and uh, get our way through it. If it does come down, and it comes down really, really bad, the idea is that by tomorrow morning, I shall be slip-sliding away into the car. Whoops! Straight into the car, which will be very nice indeed. So look after yourselves, wrap up warm, and don't forget, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, if you want to sign our petition to help all the staff at the NHS, which I'm sure you will want to do. And that also means you can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Wherever you are in the world, it doesn't matter. You can be downloading that and be listening to the programme and you get your free um, free programmes as well. There's quite a number of programmes offer a, a free programme. OK. Leading Britain's conversation at 10 o'clock this morning. It's James still with conjunctivitis. So, Brian, not going anytime soon, is it? But coming up next on LBC, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.